We may never know, Uther. I intend to live forever. How dare you show your face here? Uh, faces. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh at that, you idiot! A lot of story there, a lot of lore. Uh, for those of you who are into that kind of thing, I love you. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Lore, the podcast that explores where we've been and where we may go next in the world of Warcraft. Welcome, everyone, to Live, Laugh, Lore, episode 44. That that rhymes kind of. That was that, that felt cool coming out of my mouth. Hey, it's the show that's not Dragon. They're free to do an episode. I'm already breaking gents. Good. Each episode, we'll check in, have some laughs, and talk about the lore of Warcraft 1 or two topics at a time such as today. My name is Allie, the one who is ready for some dragon riding. And I'm joined by the one who's waiting, I believe, for a Galakrond announcement. It's Jin. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, yep. Actually, that's... That, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for, like, uh, a mid-tier Galakrond announcement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, honestly, that feels pretty accurate. Yeah, it's like... We'll get to it. We'll get to all this, so yeah, don't worry. Yeah, we will get to all of this. Absolutely. Hey, what you been up to? Hi. 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 Hey, hello. So, hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What the... Oh, geez. Uh, I've been up to a lot of work lately, so, but I won't talk about that. That's boring. Um, work is boring. A lot of spreadsheets, is honestly. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> not, not your thing. I mean, I know some people whose spreadsheets are definitely their thing. Oh, I'm really good at it, but it's boring. Um, I don't doubt that. <laughs> like, yeah. It's... It's boring, I will admit. Uh, however, what have I actually been up to? Not a whole lot. I mean, it, really, we're we're doing pretty good at the whole Timba Ma Tavern stuff. Blah blah blah. We're in the heroics and killing things. <laughs> I got a the, the blah blah blah. Two sixty. I didn't know it was the name of your guild. Yeah, the blah, blah, blah. Sure. The blah blah blah. Uh, we uh, we did some stuff. I I don't know. I got a two sixty five trinket. Yeah, me out of my vault. Wow. Today. So that was nice. nice. Um, Replaced 239. Woo! Oh, wow. That felt nice. Nice. Uh, And yeah, um, I mean, honestly, other than that, I mean, we saw a movie. That was good. Felt like... What did you see? We saw the new Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum movie called uh, The Lost City. And you're thinking like, that sounds like a crap movie. Uh Uh-uh. It was funny as hell. It was a good movie. Was it? Uh, Nice. It was really, really freaking funny. (laughs) Did you actually go see it in the theater? Oh, yeah. yeah we went and saw the theater. Is this your first one? Second. COVID? Second, second, second one. one? Okay. Yeah. First one was, you know, like uh, in December when things were like, eh, I don't know. And then Omicron was like, no plans, <laughs> no. <laughs> right. No, that was uh, we first one we saw was Spider-Man. We did New Way Home. Is that the third one? I think so. We just watched that on... Saturday. Oh, so good. So oh, good. God. It wrecked me and it was so good all at the same time. So good. Oh, the so ending. Off. Oh. Okay, no spoilers, but oh, that ending. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yep. yep. Okay, yeah. I was I was getting the misties at the end there. I was like, oh my god. Peter. Oh, I straight up cried. Peter. So many things in that thing. I just straight up cried. But that's a whole <laughs> other, this is not a Spider-Man No Way Home podcast. Mm, no, no. It could be. It could be. Could be. <laughs> That could it's not. Be a thing that could, happens. <laughs> no, no, the, the the lost city. It was just a, it was just a silly, fun, very funny. Um, like uh, I would call it a rom com, little rommy commie. 
Yeah. All right. Good times. Uh, so if you're thinking like, hey, I don't really know if I want to see a rom-com, just check it out. Uh, at one point, uh, Channing Tatum uh, has a bunch of leeches on his backside. And I'm just saying, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> I believe he was well, at one point. He's like, it feels like they're sucking on my soul. Oh, my God. Get him off. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, God. It's so funny. Uh, it's great. Mm-hmm. And then he turns around and Sandra Bullock's like, you see, you think, you think, you know, that you know. And then you know, you know. And there's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of good jokes in that movie. That's all I'm saying. Well, I trust your opinion on things because we tend to like the same things. So I'm sure I would really like it. Yeah. Maybe check it out. Is it the best movie? No, it's just a silly little rom-com. And it was fun. It was a... Sometimes that's what you need is something silly. Yeah. And it was silly and I enjoyed it and it was fantastic. So, um, yeah. If you uh, are in the mood for something just lighthearted and fun because you just want to ignore the the hellscape that is the world right now. Hey, go see The Lost City. It was fun. All right. Anywho's. Allie, what you been up to besides watching Spider-Man No Way Home? <laughs> <laughs> Which was a whole thing. Uh, what have I been up to? I've not played quite as much as I would like over the last couple weeks, I guess now. Yeah. But I'm working through still trying to get exalted with the aligned. Not there yet. That's 500. okay. I'm 500 away. Oof. So close, so close. <laughs> and I'm close to m- crafting my next mount, which will probably be the snail mount because I picked that one up, the the recipe up for it. So I'm excited. <laughs> and my raid team, we haven't beaten Anduin yet on normal, but one of our guildies, Adams, if you're listening to this, hi, uh, had the skip available and... We tried for a bit and whatever, but then we also, he also had a lockout, lock, the, the lock thing where, where you could boss thing. <laughs> you know, sometimes you say phrase, you're like, is that the right phrase? It is the correct phrase. Yeah, that's phrase. where my brain is. That's the correct yeah. phrase. It came out of my mouth and my brain's like, that's not right. I what? do that all the time. Professional podcasting here, people. So <laughs> we had a he had a lockout <laughs> for going to Lords of Dread. That's the next one after I end it, right? Well, you can do Ragalon or whatever the freaking. Oh, that's right. You can go. You can way. do either. We way. did Lords of Dread. We did with Lords of Dread. We beat them on normal, and we beat Ragalon on normal. Which, if you have not looked up in Ragalon's room, you're doing it wrong. Just, just saying. Just, just saying. You, you should, you should look up. And that was pretty cool that we got those bosses down. And then we decided to call it a night and end on a good note. But we still haven't been into it yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough fight. Oh, it's a tough it, it is. So we're hoping, I don't know, hopefully this week we can get something done in the We've had a lot of real life invasions where we've been missing some key players. And that's been, a little, including me, one night. So it's, you know, it's been a little tricky. But hopefully this week we do some pretty good progress. We'll see. We'll see. Awesome. That's about oh and oh 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 I finally beat Metroid Dread. Ooh, Metroid Dread. Yes, I played it for like quite a while, and then I was on the last boss, and then I had multiple real life invasions, and I never beat it. So I finally this weekend took time to finally beat it, and mm, good ending. That's all I'm gonna say. It's good. It's a good final fight, and it's good ending. Nice. Highly suggest it. Highly. Actually, I will probably have to pick that up because. 
as I as I was gonna say as I as I interrupted. I was only five hundred away from being exalted. And I'm not really wanting to farm up a bunch of mounts. So uh, I might be looking for other Fair, things to play on Monday nights. Yeah. <laughs> See, like I have I have plenty of little things I want to do in game. But I also know that we are about ready to hit a big lull. We'll get some 925 stuff and hopefully Brawler's Guild. Hopefully. But I'm sure we're going to have a pretty good lull. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I'm looking forward to actually playing and defeating other games because I'm a completionist. And open world games and MMOs are the bane of my existence. Yeah, I enjoy them. It's a whole thing. It's yeah. weird. Yeah. Two sides are at war there. Doesn't yeah. work. Like, I, I, like, I get what you're you saying. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I understand it. I, I was even playing some Mario Kart on Wednesday. It was, it was fantastic. Because I was like, well, I'm done with Zareth Mortis. Uh, I'm going to do something else. <laughs> so actually, on Mario Kart, my best friend lives maybe a two minute drive for me. It's wonderful. I haven't seen her much dirty due to COVID. So we've been, you know, careful, especially because her daughter is a uh, higher risk. So I spent some time with them this weekend and the daughters, one is seven and one is or going to turn four this year. Something like that. I, I both these girls have been in my class. I've known them since they were in the hospital just recently born. So they're very important to me. But we played some Mario Kart over the weekend. And I had asked her mom, like, do you guys let the kids win? Do you, like, do you kind of finagle, like, let them them feel good about it? And they're like, oh, hell no. They can win or lose. We don't care. Like, we do not let them win. There's trash talking. It's competition. It's great. And um, now, granted, I won everything. But it was very, so much fun to actually, like, play with them as kids that are a little bit older now and throwing red shells around and some competition. I had to hit the oldest one with a green turtle shell at one point and it was very satisfying. (laughs) It was so much fun. And I've been learning how much their family actually plays a lot and her husband's really good. And um, I might need to step up my game a bit. I I could do the like 100 CC fine, 150 pretty good, 200 it gets a little tricky. 200 so gets very tricky. It does, right? Good right. Lord. So I got to I got to step up my game. I can any play some more Mario Kart, I think. Kind of practice a bit for the next time I see them. Yeah. Oh, that's that's I started playing the 200 CC and you make one mistake and boom, you're like yeah, everyone it's done. Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> it's, oh, it's freaking beautiful. I was enjoying the crap out of it cuz when you win, oh, it feels good. It feels really good. It's fantastic. All right. Well, well enough of the Mario yeah, Kart. That's, that's I suppose. about it. Yeah, yeah. It's also not the Mario Kart podcast. Hey, what are we? Uh, what are we drinking, Dan? Well, I have a story about this. Oh, you do. Story time. Is this okay. a story? Oh, okay. a little bit of a story. This time. is my choice, and you have a story. I have a little bit of a story. And all if right, you're thinking, right. Jen, why do you have a story when it was my choice? Yeah. The simple answer is, I couldn't find what you suggested. Seriously? So here's the thing. So here's the thing. <laughs> So I ran around. I was like, where's that? I was, what? Eh. Couldn't find it. But here's the thing. We are get, we're drinking, what is this? The new Belgian Voodoo Ranger. But there's a specific one. The Juice Force. Juice Force. You can't say it. You got, it's more, you got more epicness into it. It's like Juice Force. Juice Force. Okay, whatever. Juice Force. It's like Juice Force. Okay. okay, it's like it's like the Mega Dungeon. You got to say it right, right? You, yeah. You got to say yeah. it like yeah. this. You got it. Yeah. Mega Dungeon. Right. It's the Juice Force. <laughs> right. You can tell you. <laughs> I, on the other hand, do not have the Juice Force. I have the oh. new Belgian IPA, 1985. All right. Look at that freaking can, though. 
Look at this thing. The cans of the, with the, with the Voodoo Rangers, their cans are just phenomenal. Oh, They're so okay. much fun. I mean, I saw... I'm so sad you couldn't find Juice Force. It's so good. Well, I will admit, 1985 is How good, How could too. you not find it? 1985 is great. You know why 1985 is great? Because it's like, yeah, we all know that's not the year I was born, but this is the first full year of me. The first full year. <laughs> it's also the first full year of me. So there you go. It's a good one. It's a good one. So... I look haven't had it yet. Look at this. I mean, it looks fairly. It looks fairly similar. Yeah, exactly. It's fairly similar. Ooh. Mine's a little. Uh, mine's a little. Uh, I don't know. Orangier. <laughs> yeah. See. So. So the Juice Force is a hazy imperial IPA, and it's coming in at nine point five percent. Mine and is the not. Taste is great. Like it's. I highly suggest it. It's phenomenal. And you need to I'm see with Voodoo Ranger, I could swear you were going to be able to find out. I'm a little disappointed. They got all sorts of Voodoo Rangers. I just couldn't find the Juice Force. It's not Juice Force. Juice Force. Well, you <laughs> need to next time you find it, pick it up, please, because it's really good. Yeah, but 1985. What is this? This is only coming at a at a at a measly 6.7 percent. And that's okay. That's still decent. That's okay. That's decent. I filled yeah. up the gigantic mo- the freaking mason yes, you jars, did. so I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> That sucker fits like two and a half cans. So I got three cans. I know. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I mean, this thing is fantastic because uh, it's a nice, nice, easy, real easy drink. If you're really, if you're like, hey, I don't really like IPAs because they're like, they're so hoppy. This ain't hoppy. Mm-mm. This is like no. 1985 of hoppiness. Mm-mm. Nope. Was it hazy 1985? Oh, was no. It, is, no is this is hazy? just straight, straight IPA. Just straight up IPA. Straight okay. up All IPA. Right. No, just 1985. I wonder if there's like a little. Goofy, it looks a little hazy. I was. There's like a goofy. No, not on the can. Maybe on the box. No, no, no. I was You're looking goofy. for like a. What? Well, you know how you like to read the uh, the goofy like the, oh, the flavor yes, text. The, the, the fluff, the fluff description. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You read the flavor text like we do on gray <laughs> items yeah. around here, of course. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So yeah. I was looking for that, and no, it's just 1985. It's the. Full, oh, I didn't bring the can up with me. I don't know. First, if we, I don't know if gin, has it. That's what it is. There you go. Bam. <laughs> Good year. That's I mean, all I'm I could look it up. Um, I won't do that right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Well, good. I may have to try to pick that up at some point. Yeah, I mean, I will admit it is getting a little difficult to uh, to sync up the drinks. So maybe we'll just be like, "Here's right. the IPA. Do it. Bam. Get a good one. Yeah. <laughs> just get a good one. Don't get a bad one. Well, I mean, get you can't one. get a bad one. It'd be like, this is rubbish, and you can make fun of it. I don't know. That'd be fun. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. One of these days, we should pull a tavern cast, and we should like grab a beer that goes with how how we're feeling about a thing. Because I remember that there was like the one episode where they were like rating a movie. I think this might have been like, yes, in, uh, one of their movie episodes. Uh huh. And, and well, <laughs> I think it was Bryce that had the Bud Light because he's like, "This thing sucks." <laughs> that sounds about right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, we, we should totally rip that off because that was funny. I'll <laughs> <laughs> get a Michelob Ultra because it thinks oh. it's cool, but it's not. <laughs> Maybe next episode we need to drink the beer that was like our like start of beer or gateway beers. I mean, that would just be a blue moon. I wonder if it oh. still holds up. We could. Uh, it's, it's not bad. It's, uh, it's not bad. Not bad. Uh, I don't know. We'll Budweiser see. Select. Budweiser Select. Oh, I mean, if you want to really get down, like way down into the weeds of it, it would have been Miller High Life. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think Miller High Life was the first time where I was like, this isn't disgusting. 
It's a little disgusting, but it's not disgusting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was on a golf course, everybody. That's that's that. Uh, yeah, that was a uh, going. That's golf. a good. That, you know, that's a good. That's decent for a golf course. Yeah. It was a golf tournament <laughs> yeah. in the Marines, and they're like, "You got Miller High Life because it's the High Life." And I was like, "I guess I'm living the High Life over here." <laughs> y- yay! Y- yay! <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of living the High Life, everybody. I got a little announcement for you. That's right. Hey, everybody. Do you like supporting shows that talk about their hobbies and interests that you also are into? Do you like doing that? Because I sure do. Do you find yourself talking back to the host and be like, hey, that beer, it's good, but don't be knocking the Miller High Life. Come on now. Miller High Life. Let's live in the high life up in here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you do that while you're listening to the car. Well, don't don't drink a drive while you're listening to the car. Uh, Please don't. Yeah. Yeah. Or riding on a train. Yeah, don't do that. I mean, I don't know if there's any rules. Well, if you're riding on train, that's fine. Yeah, just put riding. It, put it a paper you're not driving it. <laughs> you're not the conductor. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. All right. If you answered yes to any of these questions, stay tuned until the end of the show to find out how you keep the show and our ridiculous habits going. Anywho. Uh-huh. There you go. So there we go. And we have some ABK news. We have like four, four things to kind of go over. We We have things to go over. Just things, things. The now, granted, we have done an episode in two weeks, so some of this is already like out and well known. But the National Labor Relations Board has officially ruled that the QA workers of Raven Studio have met the requirements to hold a union election. Yay! Yay! <laughs> so they're going to be voting by mail, and the ballots will be counted on May twenty third. But of course. ABKs are do it's, it's just they're doing their thing. They're doing their damnedest to stop it. They brought up the fact that oh the QA workers don't even work with each other anymore since you know Raven's studio management split them up. ABK also said, oh well you know, clearly a union would need to include all the workers of in Raven Studio and there's desperate hope to get more votes to hopefully you know make the union vote fail. The National Labor Relations Board basically said, yeah, we disagree and reject your BS. Basically what they, they said, <laughs> you know, more professionally sounding, but that's, that's the vibe I got from the text that I read. I mean, there was just a vibe in my head. I don't know, but it works. <laughs> it's just one of those things where ABK is just fighting tooth and nail to stomp out any hopes of a union just desperately. It's disgusting. And... So to further this, ABK's response to this is that the company is, quote, disappointed that a decision that could significantly impact the future of our entire studio will be made fewer, will be made by fewer than 10% of our employees and that they're going to review if they can appeal the ruling. Yeah. Tiniest violin. (laughs) You know, maybe if you would have treated your employees well in the first place, this wouldn't happen. So you can screw off. Yeah. Do you have anything you'd like to add to that? I agree wholeheartedly with your sentiment of you should have treated your employees better or so you can screw <laughs> off. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. And we got some more news just to kind of add some fuel to the F Bobby Kotick drain. <laughs> uh, I didn't get to read the whole article because, right, we are all on that train. I didn't get to read the article because I had to pay for it and... I tried to find it elsewhere and I, I couldn't. But basically, the quote of uh, someone else who could read it. Bobby Kotick's ex said that she informed Kotick that the relationship was over 
because of what she said was his bullying and controlling nature. He then showed up at her Los Angeles home uninvited and tried to get in, prompting her to call the police. According to the declaration, I think there was also a restraining order possibly involved and just the whole thing. And that's just, you know, that's who Bobby Kotick is. Yuck. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, that's that's my opinion. Yuck. Gross. Yep. F. Bobby Kotick. Moving on. <laughs> Another noteworthy thing is the hiring of Kristen Hines as the chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. It looks like she's going to be helping to implement programs and policies that foster a diverse, equi- equitable, and inclusive workplace environment, as well as ensuring diverse and inclusive perspectives in game design, which is awesome. Considering that ABK has some big releases being worked on, this is a big deal. It's good timing. She's a person of color. She's a she. <laughs> and these are all things like they really need to work on more inclusivity. And, you know, you've got the toxic people in the community. They're like, oh, well, they should hire in qualifications. <laughs> Not only is she qualified if you actually, you know, read the articles, but also who else to help with diversity and equity and inclusion than someone who is a person of color and a woman. Just saying. Just just saying. Makes sense to me. I mean. Oh, hire someone who's who knows what they're doing. She does. Shut up. <laughs> Last but not least. <laughs> Sounds like the and, Supreme Court backlash, morons. Right? Seriously. Uh, maybe this is something you can speak a little more to. If not, that's fine. The DFEH has lost two of its top lawyers. Unfortunately, this includes Chief Counsel Janet Whipper, who was fired, and Assistant Chief Counsel Melanie Proctor, who resigned in protest. So apparently Whipper was calling out the California governor, Newsom, and his office for interfering in their case against ABK. I heard some rumors and rumblings that Newsom and Kotick are buddy-buddy. I don't know anything about that. I don't have stats. It's fine. So this Wild Heart article about it says that, quote, in her departing email to staff, the former assistant chief counsel highlighted increasing interference by Governor Newsom, which appeared to mimic the interest of Activision's counsel, along with repeated demands for advanced notice of litigation strategy, and said that Whipper had been fired for attempting attempting to protect the agency's independence from the governor's office. Yeah, so I read that article. And it didn't give a lot of context, but all I can say is I didn't vote for Newsom in the primaries. So I voted for him in the general election because it was, you know, it was that or some way freaking worse. Um, so, um, yeah, I didn't really like him. He was not. He obviously wasn't my first choice. But then again, Biden wasn't my first choice either. So that's OK. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes you get you to suck it up. And yeah, he he's always struck me as the way too insider in the insider of politics. Like, for example, some of the crap of why we had a big recall against uh, Governor Newsom recently. He, he did survive it. Not really. I didn't really like any of the options that people were running for because California has a very strange recall process. I'm not going to get into it. I'm just going to simply say um, during covid restrictions. He apparently uh, was just going around and yeah, like he was had a huge, um, what do they call it, freaking fundraiser dinner 
Huge fundraiser. I heard about that. Very fancy place. And everyone's supposed to be sheltering at home. And over he's having like $5,000 plate dinners with a whole bunch of freaking people. And it's like, yeah, you're kind of an asshole. And uh, it's kind of the do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. And I don't like that. Yeah. Has he done a horrible job as governor? Honestly, no, not a horrible job. But I like Jerry Brown better. So there you go. But then again, there you go. But then again, he uh, he he's uh, termed out. <laughs> so there you go. I don't think Jerry Brown would have tried to interfere in the ABK case. No, so, I, don't I mean think so. that's something. No, Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think he would have. Old Jerry Brown wouldn't have wouldn't have done that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of a bummer. It kind of looks like it might be a wrench in the DFEH's whole thing. I mean, maybe not, but I'm guessing at least a little bit. Yeah, I mean, the, the the Newsom office administration, blah, blah, blah. They were like, we weren't doing that. Of course he'd say that. That's what someone interfering with a case would say. <laughs> Do you expect him to straight up say, oh, yeah, we totally did that. That was us. Well, yeah, we did. Coach is a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's so sick. Oh, oh. like wash out my ears after hearing that. Oh. <laughs> Horrible. That was Horrible. that was that was sarcasm. If you couldn't hear everybody. <laughs> Oh, I know it's sarcasm. Still, <laughs> I didn't mean it. Still, don't anyways, clip I think anyone. we should move on. <laughs> yeah, please don't clip. Please, 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 I don't need to hear it again. Please don't. Um, anyways, let's let's move on. Let's talk about wow now. Let's do things. All right, sure. Let's do that. What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? What you talking about? So we had an exciting announcement last week on the nineteenth about Dragonflight. A name that I'm still not thrilled with myself. Would you prefer how to train your dragon? Dragonflight. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Something other than Dragonflight. Don't get me wrong. Super excited about dragons. The name's a little lackluster to me, but that's okay. I'll get over it. Yeah. But Jen and I tortured ourselves to avoid the announcement and spoilers all day. Then we recorded our live reaction for the patrons, which was fun. And... We've had more interviews come out since then and whatnot, including our friend Manny, who rocked an interview with Steve Denuser for for Azeroth. If you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to it. It's amazing. It's so good. So good. And we're still starting to learn a little more. So I figured now that we've had time to process and whatnot, and now that we're with all the listeners, Jen, what are we thinking about Dragonflight? How are you feeling? Uh, feelings are positive. So that's okay. po- positive. <laughs> so on a scale of one to ten, uh, with as much as I know, I'm currently sitting at about a six, maybe a seven, if I'm being completely honest. Am fair, I am fair. I down on any of it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But um if you haven't noticed, I personally am a bit of a, a fan of the story. And they didn't really talk much about that. So uh <laughs> Stevie D and Taryn. They did hop on the little announcement. They, I heard a couple of the interviews. Definitely heard the one with Manny. Good job, Manny. And yeah, there wasn't a, wasn't a, not getting a ton. Not getting a lot of vibes of what we're doing. What we're getting snippets. Stuff. We're getting snippets. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, I, it's just like nothing personally has grabbed the like super excitement. Like the no, nothing has like kicked my excitement into overdrive yet and that's fine that's fine i think this happens almost every expansion with the exception of one and that was battle for azeroth 
which I like that expansion. Don't don't get me wrong. I actually enjoyed that expansion because, oh boy, you, t- you talk about freaking like like hype train level of cinematic. Now that <laughs> I will rewatch that cinematic all the freaking I love that cinematic so much. Not that this one was bad. This was a good cinematic. I actually really enjoyed the cinematic. I did too. The first time I watched it, first time I watched it, that's patrons probably heard. You probably were thinking like, oh, Jen, you didn't seem super excited. This was a very different cinematic than what we're used to. It was, it was very different, which is not a bad thing. Yeah. Not a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like down it. I was just like, oh, geez, this is new. This is going a different direction. Um, I also particularly enjoyed the fact that when both of us are like, oh no, freaking the Stony Van is, <laughs> he's going to fall down. And I literally was like, unless Alex Strauss can fly that fast. Oh, I guess she can. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I, I, uh, I got a kick out of that. Uh, I think, and I think what it is, anytime I accidentally or purposely uh, call out something um, where it's like predictable, <laughs> it, it almost takes down the, the my excitement level or I was like, yeah, I, yeah, mm-hmm, there, there's that. But yeah, um, I, I, I can go through it in a, in a, a really quick little manner. Um the 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 drag the draconid what are they what are they freaking named the, the evoker class what are they the drakthir drakthir the drakthir very cool wish they could be other classes than just evokers okay that's the big thing for my husband like that if if they could be if he could make his rogue a drakthir he would resub right now yeah. that's how much he wanted it but I mean they kind of hinted at maybe in a future expansion like maybe in like the next expansion. Yeah, they um, could be other classes, which I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. wise am I am I, am I down with the whole drag there? Yeah, seems really cool. I like the evoker. Um, it's kind of cool that Naltharian was like, "We're gonna have some super soldiers," blah, and he created the drag there. That's pretty cool. Uh, so that's cool. Um, the the Dragon Isles as a whole, that just look freaking awesome. Like, uh, I'm I'm gonna enjoy it. Like, I am more. I can definitely say. In terms of just the zone feel and the and the vibes, feeling a lot more than even Shadowlands, and I I, I was super hyped for Shadowlands. Um, so yeah, looked looking good. Um, the dragon riding, pretty freaking cool. Like the the fact that it's like a uh, uh-huh. like a core feature of the game, looking looking pretty sweet. And then finally, I will admit I am very excited for the return of talent trees, like that. That actually probably has me more excited than anything else. And I don't know what that says about me. Uh, I think the only thing that would put me over the moon is if they said, Hey, Jen, stances are coming back. I'd be like, okay, you got me for another 20 years there, Blizz. Good job. (laughs) Holy crap. Do I actually miss stance dancing? It's the one thing that has me kind of going like, do I want to play Wrath Classic? I don't think I do. I don't think I do, but. Do I want? I don't. <laughs> so, Allie, what is your opinion so far? What is your hype level at? I'm probably at an eight. All right. I'm cautiously optimistic. One thing I am, well, I have a lot of things I could talk about, but one thing I want to point out is I'm cautiously optimistic in that a lot of these interviews, and there's been a lot of interviews post reveal, that they're being fairly honest with their failings in the past. You know, things that didn't work out, things they didn't like, things they heard the players don't like. And they're talking about it enough that I feel, I feel, 
Like maybe they're gonna really take some good time with this. <laughs> and <laughs> sorry, I'm just glad don't make me laugh. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll listen to some player feedback and really do some good things with this expansion. Yeah, I, and I kind of feel like maybe that's why we didn't get as many details as we would have liked. Yeah, because they're probably still working out a lot of kinks and a lot of taking the player, player feedback and putting some creativity into it and seeing what comes out the other end. Yeah, I think speaking speaking of what what we got here. So Ian was very kind of upfront and forward with you know some of the failings of the concept of borrowed power cuz it started yeah. with artifacts. And yep. we all thought that was pretty freaking awesome. Like we all probably think pretty fondly of artifacts. Like it's just like that's cool. That's where Naifu came from. My little Zalatath. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Freaking Ashbringer. Where my rep paladin's at. Not me. I'm not a rep paladin. Right. <laughs> you can't say the doom hammer. Right. You get to wield the freaking doom hammer. All that. I mean, that's that's just cool. But ultimately, that was the beginning of the borrowed power because they tried to copy that um those feelings and the awesomeness of it. And trying to learn from some of the failings of artifacts because there were some failings. For example, you had to grind out all that AP on not just one spec, but all the specs. Ooh, and they're like, well, now, yeah. it's, now it's a neck piece. You only have to do it once. But it's attached to this armor that no one wanted. And it's like, it sucks because we're all like, where'd the tier pieces go? Yeah, exactly. That's what it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, yeah. So there's that. Um, and then they talked about the legendaries and Shadowlands. They're like, yeah, um, in case you didn't know, the legendaries are basically where we would have put a new talent row in. Uh-huh. So it's basically filling that void yeah. that we didn't have in the past that we we took away. Because, you know, when you kind of look at it at a whole, it makes sense because it's like BC. It's like, oh, sweet. We got like a new a new thing. It's, it's, they added a new talent row. You got a new ability. Awesome. Wrath. They brought in Titan's Grip. Freaking greatest thing ever. All right. We're wielding two-handers finally. This is amazing. All right. Freaking Cataclysm. Heroic Leap. Right? Oh my gosh. Heroic Leap is here. It's freaking fantastic. <laughs> and then Miss Pandaria. It's like they totally changed up the talent system. And it's like, this is crazy. Oh my God. This is amazing. It's great. And then Warlords took a nap or something. Because they they redid all of the characters. And they, they did the high-res models probably took a lot of work i'm not gonna like downplay that that was probably a crap ton of work i like it by the way because every single time i see like people playing classic i go what it's terrible <laughs> 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 and um yeah it's like the coolest thing that warlords brought in because they didn't do anything with the talent rose except gladiator stance but they took that away from me so dang it gladiator stance is cool um and then legion was the beginning of the borrow power so there we go. That's that's we that's in the rest of history. So the fact that they're going back, like rewinding the clock a little bit, but also going forward with the the new talent tree, I'm excited about that. Very excited. About that. Well, and it sounds it sounds like a lot of at least some of the things from the past will be in this talent tree. Like I think it was Ian or Steve, one of them mentioned how, for example, some of these stuff from our conduits yep. are going to be found in the talent trees. Like they're bringing some of that stuff forward to this new system, which I think is. Fantastic. Yeah. So I'm excited like, about the Tantries. Convoke sure. is in there for all you druids. You freaking 
Shirks. Yeah. <laughs> they do like their convoke. I heal with a druid. He likes his convoke very much. Every druid likes their convoke. I like his convoke too. It's fine. <laughs> but I am really stupid excited for dragon riding. I'm just so... It sounds so much fun. And I like that it's, you know, could be a process to kind of build on it and that kind of thing over time. And, you know, you you got this dragon that you can like bond with. It's, it's your buddy. Excited about that. I'm going to give it a name. I don't know if we can do that, but if we can't do that, I'm going to do it. I'm going to name my toothless, really by the way. I'm just letting you all know. You should totally. Yeah. Perfect. Or Perfect. at the very least, stoic the vast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See, I'm really, I'm actually really excited about Dragon Riding. One thing I liked about the cinematic is the moment, you know, when Alex Straza catches him and does her little, like, little spinny thing she does and then, like, shakes the water off and all the dragons are showing up. Like, just that, that feeling of the, the freedom that they had was just like, oh, this is so cool and they're so happy and yay. And, like, that made my heart feel free. And I feel like I'm going to get that at least a glimpse of that with dragon riding. So I'm, yeah, I'm really I, I really like dragons. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I think, I think the one yeah. thing that that cutscene did capture in, a, in an impressive manner is honestly for a someone who has been alive for clear, like over one hundred and twenty five thousand years can still find the joy in flying. And oh, my God, does that look fun? <laughs> right. I think oh, that's so what good. it really does is Alex Straza. Literally, has been alive for like 125,000 yeah. years. Roughly. And she's been through and seen some crap. Like, who? And still, oh, Alex Traza. Still, do, but doing barrel rolls is still freaking cool. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's what it, what it's it awesome. Down I just, to. I love it. So, I, I'm really excited about the dragons. And I'm excited about Dragon Isles because it's something, you know, back when I got a chance to interview John Stats and he did other interviews for other people. And like, John Stats was part of the original designing of Dragon Isles that never made it to the game. And there was a lot of old god focus to Dragon Isles. So, at least back then, there's a good chance that there could be something by the end of the expansion. Because as we know from the past, sometimes time facilities are kind of on top of old gods. Yeah. That could be a thing. They built them so for a reason. <laughs> exactly. So, that could be a thing. I'm excited to learn more about that. And something else I'm very, very excited about... I want to remind everyone that there is an infinite pirate dragon out there in life. And I wanted that as a, don't give me faces. I wanted that as a mount so badly. And at one point, I think it was DVD in an interview. It was like, the infinite pirate dragon story. It's not finished yet. Calling it now. Infinite dragon flight will be a part of this expansion at some point. We will see more infinite pirate dragons. And one of them will finally be my mount. I'm calling it now. By the end of this expansion, I will have an infinite pirate dragon mount. Damn it. Okay. I'm actually <laughs> just over here enjoying the fact that Stevie D has now officially become the name <laughs> for Steve Denuser on this podcast. I like it. It's yeah. good. I think we're going to have to request an interview and be like, what's up, Stevie D? And he's like, interview over. I'm like, worth it. <laughs> he's like, never talk to you guys again. <laughs> well. Please forget that we're friends with Manny. So you keep talking to Manny. It's fine. Don't let, don't let us bring him down. Oh, that'd be fantastic. That'd be the greatest thing ever. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I, I do wish we had gotten more details and more story info and stuff from the reveal, but 
what's coming out in interviews and stuff. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I'm hoping it's going to be good. And I'm excited to play the drug theater. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, I think. And yeah, I think it, when it comes to the story, I think there's, there's two things that has me a little excited. And obviously this wasn't really in the reveal, but you kind of saw pit, bits and pieces of it. If you saw some of the concept art that was kind of like in the background, they weren't really bringing it up, but it was there. But it was revealed in some of the other interviews. Um, and we'll go into this more in future episodes and as soon as we get more information. Oh, for sure. For sure. But the number one, apparently the first raid is going to be dealing with the like yeah. the dragon primordials, right? So yeah. this is the, if you think of it, imagine the, the evil version of the aspects, right? So they're not the aspects. They are the proto-drake versions of the aspects that were like, no, tier. I don't want to be a dragon. I don't want your freaking Titan Jujus. Keep your stupid magic belt buckle away from me. No, I don't want any of that. And they were just like, we're going to embrace our heritage because if you go and look at Chronicle and you read where the freaking dra- the proto-drakes came from, they came from the elements. So it makes sense also why, oh, the land is awakening, blah, blah, blah. And then you watch Mr. Stony Tony go to the thing. There's the lava and the water and the stuff. The elements, right? They're all tied. Yeah. All tied to the dragons, right? It's also probably why the dragon elements or the <laughs> dragon elements, the the dragon aspects were so tied to the cataclysm, which was also a huge element uh-huh. uh, thing there. All right, so we got these friggin' big bad proto drakes that are like, "Hey, buttheads, uh, we're still here, but you locked us up. You remember, remember in the movie Hercules, where where where, where, where Hades let out the Titans? That's kind of like us, okay." We're kind of like them. <laughs> so that's the vibe I got was that apparently the dragon like aspects locked them up because I think that's what actually happened. And then like, because the land was awakening and stuff like that. And then Hades wanted to kill, crush Zeus and all that. Right. So they're out or whatever. So we're going to yeah. deal with some big, bad proto drakes. That's pretty awesome. I like that. Um, yeah, it's good. I have a feeling that by the end of that raid, that's when the dragonflies will get their powers back. Yeah, and apparently, the aspects. Apparently, the other thing, the aspects is, and I think they mentioned that it was supposed to be part of the leveling uh, quests, like the storyline, the main, the main storyline, is that the aspects are searching to regain the power of the aspects because they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're gonna need to be all supercharged, and then uh, Alex Straza and Nazdormu, they probably looked at each other, was like, well. Yeah, we, we, who we who we getting to fill in Ysera and who we getting to fill in uh, Natharian, uh, this Rathian kid? Uh, I can't. Uh, he's like three years old. You think we could trust him? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. I like the guy, but probably not. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, and, and then they're like, "What about this uh, Melithra? Good, good fill in for Ysera." And they're like, "Well, she was trapped in a bug zone for like a thousand years, but yeah, she ought to be fine." So yeah. That'll be fun. I'm looking forward to visiting uh, Melithra uh, more. I think I'm saying that right. Melithra. Yeah. Yeah, Sarah's yeah. daughter. I think so. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Just dragons. Dragons are cool. I don't know. Just talking dragons about this. I cool. think my uh, excitement went from like a six to a seven to a seven or eight. So yeah. The hype, so hype's getting Ian, there. Ian, it's getting there. It's getting there. So Ian has said in an interview that there will be a big bad. Who do you think it will be? The final big bad. I know if we're saying Galakron is like a mid expansion bad, who's going to no, be the really big bad? You really want to know? You really want to know what my, yeah. my thought? All yeah. right. I'll tell you. Terralian. You think? Yeah. yeah. I could see that. 
Oh, I'm going I'm going full Mr. Pentaria 2.0. We're going Siege of Stormwind. We're getting Terrellian as the big bad. Oh, it's going to be great. <laughs> why? Because Mr. Pandaria actually is probably the best expansion. It just doesn't have Arthas, so that's why people don't have those rose cousin glasses. But Mr. Pandaria <laughs> probably was the best expansion ever released. Freaking fantastic. Throne of Thunder. Best raid ever. So, just putting it out there. That's why the Galacron one is going to be the greatest, because it wasn't Siege Rogamar that was the greatest. It was the Throne of Thunder. So the right, Galacron right. one is going to be great. With this, it's going to... I'm just saying, It's I'm looking forward to the raid mechanic of... Galacron pukes up a bunch of proto dragons and you have to kill the ads because that, that's what happens. Galacron's like, wow. Yeah. And there's a bunch of zombie dragons. That. Yeah. It'd be great. I'm looking forward to that mechanic. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the freaking eyeballs everywhere. It'd be best. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, do we have anything else we want to discuss about this? newly released or not released that's silly this newly <laughs> revealed expansion no we will Kay. talk much more about this soon oh for sure as and soon as we get more yeah when i say soon there's a chance of next episode we'll see <laughs> we'll see we'll, we'll see. see yep anyway depends if we get more info that's <laughs> yeah, true i don't know maybe we get stevie d up in here hey stevie d how's it going <laughs> Let's talk about some dragons. You want to talk about some dragons? I asked for Stevie D. I'm probably going to get like Stevie Nicks up in here and be like, damn it, wrong Stevie. <laughs> hey, I'll interview Stevie Nicks. That's fine. Absolutely. Totally would. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we talk about a novel? I think we should. We should. I mean, yeah, everyone else yeah, has talked yeah. about it. Well, we might as well. Yeah. Now it's our turn. Absolutely. We were waiting. Plus, we're bi-weekly, so that kind of adds a whole thing to it, too. But here we are. Time has come. We've, you know, like I said, we waited for a bit, try to give people more time to finish this Savannah's novel. We're going to take time now to chit chat about it. So if you're listening to this and you haven't finished the novel yet, and you're trying to remain spoiler free somehow magically at this point, this is your time to pause the podcast. Come back at a later date when you finish it. You have been warned. We're talking about everything. Spoilers ahead. I hope you're done, Ashley. I got the email. Okay, I think you're done. I saw the Twitter thing. You were like halfway through in two days, so you should be done by now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you got to do it in front of the kid with the effing. All you got to do is say earmuffs to him. Earmuffs. Yep. Earmuffs. I get it. I mean, I, life happens. Sometimes it gets in the way of reading books. I get it. But here we are. Here we are. So, uh, I imagine most people have listening to this have read the book or don't care about spoilers or know what happens at least. So we're not going to go through a timeline of what took place and when and blah, 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 blah. Instead, we're just going to, you know, have a little chat about it real loosey-goosey-like. Yeah, don't, loosey-goosey. We're not going to put it in the dryer either because you're going to take all the Lucy out. It's just going to be goosey. <laughs> Is that what the dryer does? Yeah, it takes all the Lucy out and it's just goosey. Anytime I hear that phrase now, that's just what I'm going to think of is Jen talking about taking out, Lucy, taking out the Lucy and just leaving them the goosey. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, then, hey, what are your overall thoughts on this book? Um, Overall thoughts. OK, so as a standalone novel, like yes. I know nothing about the Warcraft storage as a standalone novel. Do not re- recommend. <laughs> do not recommend. For someone who is a fan of the Warcraft universe, kind of has a loose idea of what's going on, huge recommend, like, 
10 out of 10, absolute must read. But when I hand this to someone who is just a fan of fantasy genre as a whole, no. And the reason I say that is the like third act, I want to, I'll put it, the third act where it's like after the edge of night where they just go, things happened, right? Right. Because <laughs> they're like, yeah, you played the game. You know what's going on. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. That's so, fair. That's fair. Due to that section of the, the, the third act, I will put it. That's the only reason why I wouldn't give it like 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, because it really can't stand on its own without you having previous knowledge of what Sylvanas has been up to in the game. Um, but would I recommend just the beginning bits? Even the first, like first act, second act? Absolutely fan fantastic. And in fact, my favorite part of the book, like by far was the first section, like before, before she got Banshee-fied, before, before she got, right. before she was killed by Arthas, that was the most information that was, I, I would say, not necessarily new, but, you know, in the, in the sense of like a, the, the, the quote unquote good retcons, where they just add more context and they're just adding more information as, as to who this character is and where they came from without the, you know, just dropping them into the story. And you're like, this character's cool. And then you kind of wonder where they come from. Well, this book answers it. So that's kind of my overall impression. Would recommend. So if you, if, hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened, if haven't, haven't listened to it or read the book, highly recommend. Highly recommend. All right. Well, what about you? What are your overall thoughts? I loved it. I can't decide now if I like it more than Arthas. Like, which order is it? Is if it goes Arthas and Sylvanas or then Sylvanas and Arthas? I haven't haven't fully decided yet. In my opinion, that's, that's Sylvanas a, is a better book than Arthas. Fair. That's fair. I want to say it was back in 2019. I was starting to say there should be a Sylvanas book. There just there's enough of her story needs to happen. And there were some people that say it's not going to happen. So stories interwoven between like so many other novels and whatnot in, in game and everything. And here we are. There's a Sylvanas book. And this is kind of honestly what I was hoping for. Something that goes over her life. Like not just, you know, what we know of her in game, but back when it was the Windrunner family and what it was like growing up and what made her into what she is. Well, back in 2019 and now <laughs> what, she, what made her into now. And it was, it was so good. We'll get into more details in a little bit, but I really appreciate that we got Sylvanas's side of the whole Banshee thing. And we got Sylvanas and more details about Edge of Night and some more clarifying, you know, things about what happened in that. Cause there were so, still some people that think it was just a vision that was given to them and she never actually died. Like it was nice to finally get some like concrete, like story of like, this is what happened. So that was great. And I have to agree, like the first part, it was nice to learn more about her interactions with the jailer and everything that happened with what Edge Knight and stuff. But I have to agree with you that that first part of actually like learning about her family and everything that happened and seeing her when she was, you know, still pre life happening Sylvanas, yeah. you know, before Arthas, you know, back when it's just regular Windrunner family, like that was, it was really good. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, and I think, like, if we're just going to, like, start talking about, like, the parts as a whole, which I think yeah. we should. 
Yeah, let's my, do it. My absolute favorite part, and the reason why I bring this up is the 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 best part about the book um, being at the first part and giving you that that glimpse into what the idyllic life was for Sylvanas was not actually a perfect life. No. It absolutely was not. There was a lot of strife. There was a lot of conflict. Uh, there was a lot of pressure put on Sylvanas. She was, um, you know, she was kind of like this, I don't know, she kind of reminded me of like some of my siblings. They were just always getting into trouble. Just, just doing crap. <laughs> you, you just Shenanigans. Just, yeah, exactly. Just shenanigans. Just pulling shenanigans. And I think what it was is like if you if you look at the like the the dynamic of the different of all the different siblings, all four of them together, because yes, if you haven't read the book, yes, there was a fourth, which is Lyrith, and Lyrith is it plays a huge part in the novel and just pretty much defines much of the the family dynamic as a whole. Yeah, um, basically, Illyria uh, plays the I am the eldest. Everything is going to be passed on me. All of the family traditions, all of the the all of the pressure is put upon me and Illyria says no. I like Illyria. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to be Illyria right now. Yeah. Which no. which is fantastic. It's I, I liked that Illyria was straight up no. Now Yeah, that's good. And, and and okay, and like before we even get to Illyria saying no. So everything in the every everything that's leading up and in this story is all right, all of the, the, the pressures of being the Ranger General, because in uh, High Elf tradition, the Ranger General is one of the, is one of, if not the only, like, military position that is also tied to lineage. It is always... Yeah, I think it is the only one. It has always been a windrunner, right? But at the same time, it's not, oh, it's always a windrunner. No, it's an insane amount of pressure is put on the windrunner lineage. So, um, I actually am not, maybe you can remind me of what their mother's name is. If you, if you remember off the top of your head. Larissa? La Larissa. Larissa? Larissa? I think yeah. it's Larissa. So Larissa, uh, Windrunner, the, the current Ranger General, when the book begins, is just, is she mean? No. No, she's not mean. I wouldn't actually say she's mean or a jerk or, or anything like that. But boy, is she demanding. Like that, that's the. That's the word I would. She is the, she is the very, high expectations. Yeah, insanely high expectations, especially for Illyria because it's always the eldest. Now it's not the eldest daughter. It's not the el It's just the eldest, right? So whoever the yep. firstborn is, they're the ones that are suspect, suspected or supposed to become the Ranger General. All right. So where does that leave Sylvanas? N nowhere. N Sylvanas is just like I I'll be a Ranger. I'll be awesome. I'll be good at my job, but I have to lead. Like you know. Like, I'm just so honest. I'm a, I can pull all the shenanigans I want. <laughs> right? So she didn't have that pressure put on her. So she got to be so honest. <laughs> she just got to be whoever. And um, and then Verisa, right? Am I saying that right? I'm not, not Valeria yeah. Sanguinar, which I was freaking getting confused. <laughs> but anyway, Verisa, she was she was not the prankster. She didn't do any of that kind of stuff. She was very much the peacekeeper. She was always the peace, 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 peace. Like just pshh, pshh. so whenever whenever things got heated, she was the little peacekeeper. I, I always liked that. Uh, and then there was Lyrith. 
And the thing that I like the most about Lirith is, and, and they did a fantastic, absolutely fantastic job. Because if you remember, so Illyria, Sylvanas, and Varisa, all three of them are uh, rangers. They're part of the, I don't know, whatever they're freaking called. Forest Riders. Forest Riders, thank you. The Forest Riders. They're all part of the Forest Riders. Forest Riders, Forest Riders, they're all part of, they're, they're in the military, basically. They're, they're doing the cool stuff. They're doing the military. They're going on expeditions. They're training. They're with the bows and the arrows. They're killing things, right? Cool. They make that sound too, I'm sure. I'm sure they do. Right? That's, that, that's, <laughs> that's what happens. Whenever they're killing the troll, they're like, and then, then they're like, Tazdingo, right? You get the idea. I think the thing that I liked the most about the the book is with the all of the attention and all of the praise and everything that Lyrith got was it it actually was kind of like a reminder of yeah these people that go out and they they do the the protection you know like serving the military and all this stuff they do it for a reason and the reason is to protect things like what Lyrith provides because Lyrith gives them a reason to want to protect their home. Lyrith gives them a reason to want to protect their way of life. Because he is almost an embodiment of the high elf culture. He is, you know, the, a musician at heart. Like, like he is, like, as soon as he was born, like, it was like, even his cries almost sounded musical. Right? So that's the, the, the way it was kind of described, where he, he couldn't even, he couldn't even speak yet, but... It was almost like he was singing a little ditty or something, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. Anyway, so b- b- before I keep rambling, what, what is like? Do you have anything to, to add to this? I just, as you can tell, I loved the beginning bit of this book. <laughs> it w- it was really good. It was really good. Um, one thing I loved was actually learning who Lyrith was and who he was to Savannah and his importance to Savannah and then learning later in the book how possibly subconsciously maybe consciously Lyrith or Anduin reminded Savannah of Lyrith and when you get that connection their relationship their back and forth makes so much sense now and I loved making that connection and really getting a glimpse of who Lyrith was um, what what are we calling? What is what is the end point of the beginning section for you? The end point of the beginning section for me, like the the real end point, um, it really is where they break it up in the interludes, right? Where they have the interludes okay, yeah. and it goes back, it, it shoots back. So, and if I remember correctly, that was pretty much when Illyria was like, no, no, and then all the attention turned on Sylvanas, and it was like. You're going to be the Ranger General now because Illyria decided to go hang out with humans. <laughs> Speaking right. of hanging out with humans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hello, Nathanos. <laughs> Why? Christy Golden, I love you. Love you so much. Why did you make me like Nathanos? Can we can we talk about that now? Like, how are you feeling about Nathanos now after this? So... To be perfectly honest, I my opinion of Nathanos did not change because I always thought Nathanos got a bit of a raw deal. Um, he struck me as someone who was insanely competent. Like just he was the kind of guy who would talk shit, but could back it up. Right? He wasn't the, right. He wasn't the just like I say things and then someone says like we'll prove it and then he goes bye. <laughs> 
because he can't back. No. Um, dude was very skilled, um, which was proven with... Um, they were like... Like in the in, in a military sense, they're basically at the 500 yard line, and Nathanos is is like, oh okay, is this this is as far as we're going? Okay, ducky, sure. And he's just like, <laughs> blast the crap out of this, you know, training dummy. All right, we all know what that uh, that paper uh, freaking target looks like. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, beautiful grouping, a couple just dead center, bam. Obviously, Sylvanas had to show him up. Thanks, Sylvanas. Of course. Good job. But uh, still, as a human, being able to pull that off with just uh, these broke-ass human eyes at a 500-yard line, fantastic And the job. sad bow, supposedly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that he's like... And, and I get that. It's like, you get used to your tools. Because like, that's, that's what it yeah. is. It reminded me of, yeah, you got the you got a broke-ass, you know, you know, M16A2 service rifle, but at the same time, if you know all its intricacies, yeah, you can hit that group and just just right if you just compensate it for the the, the aim. So, um, it totally was bringing back like you know rifle range um, vibes for me. Um, you know the whole anyway. Enough of that. But all I could say is <laughs> <laughs> just the just their kind of banter between them, and it remind it. it yeah, I like the description between Sylvanas and Nathanos because Sylvanas was always, um, I, I think this was uh, the biggest part where it was just like made super apparent uh, in the novel that Sylvanas didn't quite fit into Silvermoon high society. She was fine with Silvermoon society, but she didn't fit into the high society because there was a rumor Nothing was nothing was was real. Nothing was confirmed. Not even in the book was it actually confirmed. It was just it just basically like teenagers, 20 something year olds basically is going like someone's got a crush on so and so. Well, there was supposedly a rumor that Kalthos had a crush on Sylvanas and Sylvanas was like, oh, hell no. Nah, uh -uh. (laughs) no, gross. No, thank you. No. And then um, her two buddies. Alderaan and uh, Lothamar pretty much went white in the face <laughs> as she's going on this rant. I love this moment. <laughs> because obviously uh, she probably was going on this rant and if this was like a, a comedy movie she would have been like, he's standing right behind me, isn't he? <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Kelthoth's standing right behind her, listening to her rant and rave about how I'm one with the trees in the forest. You can't tame this wild beast. What, 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 what? <laughs> <laughs> and the thing I like about Kael'thas, again, talking about, you know, this book making us like characters that we didn't necessarily like was Kael'thas. Kael'thas took her aside for a moment and said, hey, even if this little rumor was true, I wasn't going to try and change you if it was. And that's all we heard of it. So that was it. It was basically him kind of, you know, in a very diplomatic, just kind of like very princely, like putting her in her place. Like, hey, I'm not telling to tell you to watch your mouth, but, um... Just so you know, like, uh, it ain't all bad there, uh, Missy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like that part um, because it it, it kind of showed that that kind of thing where Sylvanas was just like, I don't fit in with the big high society. And then it showed in that scene why she liked Nathanos so much, because Nathanos was the epitome of. Yuck. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> the book went at great details of like, <laughs> really dude's <did>. fugly. <laughs> yes. If this was a hat or not scale, dude would be a one. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. He's just, mm-mm. Don't he, he Quasimodo up in here? Like, no way. Like that's how it was being described. But I mean, this is obviously uh, from high elf standards, which are way too high. I thought it was going to look that bad. He ain't a one. Come on now. He's a five at worst. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just loved how, I mean, before I saw Nathanos as, you know, overly confident, but, you know, for decent reason, but like overly com- confident, slimy greaser who had an obsession with Sylvanas and she was using him. And this showed us a whole different side. And I loved just the literally undying support that Nathanos gives Sylvanas and how well he knows her even through some of her darkest times when she lost her family like having that kind of support of someone who just knows you so well like even when he laid out her clothes for her knowing exactly what she was going to need and how much that meant to her I loved it and I left the book actually caring about Nathanos and truly upset that we have not seen him in Shadowlands at all at all. <laughs> and I just, I didn't want to like Nathanos. Yeah. But I like Nathanos now. I, I think you're, you're not supposed to like Nathanos. That's the way that the character. I don't want to. That's the way that the character was portrayed <laughs> because he, so in real life, I'll put it this way. In real life, there's often a red flag in relationships and it's called, how does your partner treat other people? Right. Right. So. If your partner is treating other people like absolute garbage, what makes you different? Right? Because eventually they'll turn that hatred on you. So that's real life. But in novels and things like this, where we can we can play this like fantasy little game, Sylvanas was different because Nathanos treated everyone like garbage, but her like absolute like perfection, like everything. So so I mean that's how the character w- was written. Um, which is he hated everything because it made sense if you look at his from everything from his perspective, which was he was kind of shunned because, sure, he was really good at his job, but everyone thought he was kind of gross, ugly, that spoke his mind too much, right? Just issues, okay? And then the other thing was is um, even when he got away from human society... And he was now living amongst the elves because Sylvanas and all the the kind of thing with the second war and and then things along those lines. He was shunned because, well, he's a nasty human. There's never been a human fast before. Why would we ever let him into our ranks? This is disgusting. (laughs) And and Nathanos didn't want anything to do with it. And he's like, and even in the book, he's like, I didn't ask you to make me a fast Like, why did you do that? This just, it just, it's going to, put more crap my way. Like, you didn't need to do that. And she's like, yeah, you deserve it as much as anyone else. He's like, sure, but I'll just hang out with you and help you out. You didn't need to, like, make it official. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and then and then to kind of, like, fast forward in the story, after Nathanos died, the amount of care that Sylvanas took to basically bring him back um, really proved how much Sylvanas actually cared about him. Yeah, it really did. Yeah, because this wasn't just a, her boy toy. This wasn't just 
her friends. This was, it was it was a whole lot more because it was Sylvanas's escape from the perfection that was Silver Moon and, and High Elf society, and, and she just I think she she really truly liked that because she was always kind of rebellious at heart. You know, between poisoning the random spoiled brats because of the way they were talking about Lyrith, right, <laughs> and right. playing the the jokes and all the different things, and I mean, there, there was at least a there was at least two times where she was pulling some pranks, and uh, one of them was <laughs> I, don't, I think it was with a wound weed or something like that, where she managed to poison the like the super high upper crust dude whoops <laughs> yep <laughs> so yeah she just didn't she didn't have she didn't have that love for the the highfalutin society and i just i really enjoyed that 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 look and it it made it made sense it made sense why why she liked nathanos as much as she did so, yeah yeah it really did before we move on to like the next section um one thing I also liked about this first section was getting to see more of not only the relationship between the two, three sisters, because that was that was really cool, but to also see the relationship between her, Lorthamar and Haldron. Like, I just thought that that was really cool. Like, I, I guess I never really knew a whole lot between any kind of friendship between Lorthamar and Sylvanas this whole time. I don't know why. I just I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a horde. I'm. I don't play Blood Elf. Um, I like Lorthamar, but I don't know too much about Lorthron's earlier days. And so getting to see Lorthamar and Sylvanas more in this context was actually really cool. And I rather liked it. Yeah. Um, the only glimpse, uh, unless there's like a short story that I'm missing somewhere, it could be. But if I remember, the only glimpse that we really got of the three of them, the squad, as I'll, as we'll call them, because it's, yeah. it's kind of yeah. it's kind of what they were. They had their little clique. They, yeah. The three of them, they were just like best buds in the Forest Riders, um, was in the, it would have been the Tides of Darkness novel, uh, the, the second war, um, specifically when Lyrith dies. And it was, the, the Lyrith dying was just very much brushed over because, again, that that book was more um, Turalian's point of view, not really uh, Sylvanas. It was just uh, Turalian and the humans. They they show up at the Silver Moon and they're they're trying to help, um, like they did in this novel. So good there. Um, and it, it was interesting because you got that glimpse of the three of them. They they were always kind of kind of friends, but uh, this was the first time that it really uh, kind of really kind of like showed how how close that friendship really was between the three of them because obviously Sylvanas was the original Rager General when, when Arthas attacked after um, uh, Larissa died um, and then it, sadly she was not a Ranger General for very long if you think about it <laughs> true yeah and then after Kael'thas came back and then you know the events of Burning Crusade happened um, Lothamar eventually became Regent Lord Right, so he couldn't be he couldn't be Rager General. So now Halderon Brightwing became the new Rager General, and it just it, it's just interesting how it kind of like kind of passed between the three of them. It probably like Lothamar probably even had it for a moment. It's just the three of them were like just best buds, just you know taking care of things, getting things done. It just seemed like, especially in the in that in that um the Tides of Darkness uh, book, it, it seemed like. 
those were the three most competent of the the elves when they showed up and just you know trolls were doing the thing and then they were just like nah we got this <laughs> just took them all out <laughs> so yeah i i definitely appreciated that um and i think the the only part of the book that really just kind of like messed me up a little bit when i i just felt just really awful was you know like we said uh after sylvanas regained control and she was gonna go talk to uh lothmar and haldron and then she noped out because she was listening to their conversation i was just like oh god it hurt yeah it hurt a lot yeah yeah so that that was very much a ooh that's that's not good that that one was rough yeah that was a that was a rough interaction between the the two of them to have sylvanas also be listening to that basically yeah and i think the and honestly the, i think this book um as much as they've attempted to do the justice to how much devastation arth has brought to silvermoon and high elf society i think this is the first book where it really hammered home how much damage Arthas really did to yeah, the high elves. really did. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, like in Chronicle and things like that, they were like, yeah, like 90, 90% of them died. And you're like, what? You, you almost can't even fathom it, but in this book, you can... It made it more real. Yeah. You could almost feel it more because they were just like... Yeah. Like everyone was just like... There wasn't a single person that wasn't impacted by what Arthas did. Like every single high elf was just like their their life would would never be the same afterwards. Did didn't matter if you were upper class, lower class, like or anywhere in between. It, I, I, nothing would ever be the same. Well, and getting that glimpse of that initial div- devastation of Silver Moon and what Arthas made Sylvanas Banshee do, getting that glimpse through Sylvanas's eyes of it. Ooh, that was that was a whole new level. Yeah, definitely agree because it was um like when you play through like you know Warcraft three, you, obviously you're not really you're just controlling the Banshee unit and you're like oh go get him <laughs> you know, like doing anything right, but like when Arthas is like kill the innocents first right, it's like dude really damn man you you're messed up. Talk about war crimes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that that whole she became banshified. She's the banshee. That was that was that 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 part of it was. I think it it really drove home her hatred for Arthas. Absolutely. Because you're thinking like, oh, okay, Arthas is uh, he's a jerk. He made her a banshee instead of. Okay, he didn't just make her banshee. He made her banshee and was like, "You're gonna be there. Like you're gonna be. You can't not. You know what I mean. You're gonna be able to witness. You're gonna know. You're gonna know what's happening. But you can't stop it. Like it was almost like a concerted effort of, I'm gonna be the most jerkiest jerk that I can be to you. So I'm a jerky jerk, and you're gonna hate me forever. And uh, this is never gonna bite me in the ass. Never. Mm-mm, never." No, no, never. no one is ever going to say be gone, Arthas Mento. May your memory fade and no one ever talk to you again. Never. That's never going to happen. <laughs> Still bitter about that, but that's a different discussion. Anyways, <laughs> as I wear my Arthas shirt, <laughs> Lich King, it's Lich King, it's Lich King shirt. I'm wearing my Dolly Parton shirt. So there you go. 
guess you are. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So really quick, um, before we move on too much more, I do want to address um, the death of her family. Because that was something that I personally, I never knew about. Like, ever. Like, I kind of heard at one point that Lyrith was killed. I knew nothing and I knew nothing about what happened to her parents. Um, so it was really interesting to get that glimpse of that through this and really see how that is a part of what makes Sylvanas who she is and part of her motivation for what is done later with the jailer and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, not being able to be with who you want to be with in the end. Right. Um, what did you think about that whole section? How it was portrayed? Were you a glass case of emotions? Any of that? <laughs> I was mostly doing yard work, so I was I was keeping it in pretty good. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but um, like the death of the, uh, the family, um, specifically her parents. Well, we'll start with the parents initially because the, they were going to go off to the, to Lordaeron or whatever, be emissaries, and the horde attacked. Right. So yeah. that's essentially what happened. Um, that. As as someone who has uh, semi famously gone through is like all of the the literature in a chronological order to try and figure it out, this is the first time I ever heard their parents' names. I right, this was all new to me. So there may have been a like I said, it may have been like mentioned in Dark Mirror because that is like one of the only short stories I have not read. Um, but I know the gist of it. I know what happens in that. Um. So if the parents were ever mentioned in any of the, like this is the first I ever heard their name. This is the first I ever specifically knew um, that like I, I knew that her mother was the uh, Ranger General and that, that the whole thing was going to pass on. I didn't know that her father was a diplomat. I didn't know that her father was like, I don't know, the cool, calm, collected one. Like, OK, hey, man, it's cool. Like, what's going on? Charisma, man. Charisma's not a dumb stat. Right? <laughs> um. That like that that that's what so anyway when when now that kind of happened it kind of it, it, it did I think it did two things it, number one it showed the motivation for Sylvanas because again it it gave her something to to look forward to in an afterlife or anything that was promised to her from whatever someone might be talking about in any kind of like religious upbringing or anything in, the, in these uh, cultures, be it the light or, or whatever. Like, I don't really know what the blood elves or the, the high elves believed at the time. It wasn't really talked about. Um, like, the humans are all about the light and all that kind of stuff. Didn't really get into it with the uh, the blood elves and, and all that. Um, but it, it also kind of drove home how much of a support Nathanos was in that whole thing, where everyone else was just like, no, no, we got to like, especially Anastarian was like the biggest, like kind of, uh, I don't fault Anastarian for what they did, but that, ooh, that was kind of messed up in that at least moment. Um, it was. Anastarian was very much, hey, that's cool. I believe you. 100%. Horde killed your parents. The Horde. These green monsters that came from the dark portal. We don't really know much about them, and now they're they're making their way north after they sacked Stormwind, and you know the people of Stormwind fled north to Lordaeron, and now it's kind of like a thing, and might bother us, but you know what? We're gonna stay out of it. So, uh, thanks for the arrow. I'm gonna burn it. We're gonna sweep it under the rug now. Yeah. Um, and again, it just it, like Nathanos was like. 
kind of like her rock in that moment to yeah really it, it really like like sold that as she was going through a lot of crap particularly in that moment of first her parents died and she did the investigation and then because of a very bad assumption by Anastarian the Orgrim Doomhammer marched the uh, the horde north and tried to take out the Silver Moon. That was a whole thing. And oh no, oh crap! And Lyrith died. Um, and that, yeah, that 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 whole bit was was rough. And I think the most uh, I would probably say the most interesting part. And I don't. And I think it. I don't know how much of this was pre-written christy came up with it they worked with the writing team you know and i figured it out but the meaning behind the lament of the highborn i th- oh my goodness it's oh yeah it makes you go all right now that is why they changed their names to the blood elves right because you're just like oh okay yeah because if i remember correctly and i may be misremembering this a little bit but apparently the the lament of the highborn was actually a song that was sung about the troll wars, right? Because the it was like the Amani were about to take over and finally win back their land. Because if you want to actually get down to it, it was the Amani land that was taken from them. The Amani deserve it. Uh, Amani for life. Uh, the blood elves shouldn't have been there. The high elves shouldn't have been there. But then again, they were there for thousands of years, and the things just get weird and complicated. And but again, <laughs> <laughs> it was originally Amani land. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Someone needs to do a troll book. I'm just saying. Like we got the Vol'jin one. I like I like the Vol'jin one, but we need we need we need a little bit more Amani or because that that I will admit, little little aside, I will admit, every single time they were talking about the Amani and how savage they were and just how much I'm just like, you stole their land, dude. Like, <laughs> like I I understand it's been thousands of years, but it's like for you guys, it's like three generations. It's, it's like three generations right. of people. Like, you stole their land. <laughs> of course they <laughs> hate you. <laughs> anyway, true. that's that's my aside. Freaking colonizers, bastards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. That's, mm. Anyway, um, I don't even know what I'm saying now. I got all sidetracked, but. That's okay. Yeah. The death of the family, that hit hard. I'll put it that way. And it gave a, a lot of Sylvanas a lot of motivations of why things ain't fair. Right. So real talk, I actually got early access to the book through All Things Azeroth. I was sworn to an embargo and whatnot, and I couldn't talk about it. So um, I actually got to the part of the book where her parents died the day my dad died in March. So I was staying in the airport eating really crappy airport spaghetti, hoping that it would like make me happy because spaghetti makes me happy. Um, airport spaghetti does not make you happy. Um, <laughs> but I had my airport spaghetti and my Mountain Dew and I was sitting at my gate and my plane, my plane was delayed anyways. And so I'm like, okay, lovely Warcraft distraction. And then our parents died. Um, so I'm sitting at my gate with like tears streaming down my face and like, I had to go to the bathroom and, like stop for a second. It was it was bad. But um I have to give kudos to Christy because the way she wrote that whole part with losing her parents and losing Lyrith, at least for me personally, I'm, I'm not gonna speak for everyone, just for myself. I felt that. Now, granted, it was my own circumstances because I just unexpectedly lost my dad. But some of the things that Savannah was feeling was what I was feeling. 
And, you know, Savannah's, she was a windrunner. So she had to be strong and she had to be there for her family and support her family, but also be the Ranger General because her mom, who was Ranger General, was just killed. Um, and Illyria So she nope. had to be, yeah, no, Illyria noped out, right? And so Savannah's was stuck having to be the strong one. So outwardly, she's trying to be that strong windrunner, but inwardly, she is hearing her dad's voice say these really supportive things to her and all these things and all of her emotions bubbling up inside when on the outside, she had to be the strong one. And I'm like, oh my God, it's me. And <laughs> I just, granted again, it's because of what I was experiencing, but like it just, I had so many emotions and I felt Sylvanas' emotions and Christy did just such a phenomenal job writing that part. And it's a rough part to write. Like, I believe, I believe Christy lost her dad like quite a while ago, if I remember right. But just, she just did such a great job writing that part, the whole thing. And even just Savannah's investigation into their deaths. And when she discovered Lyrith, like the whole thing, just seeing that Windrunner side, but also seeing that softer emotional turmoil side inside her at the same time just so well done and i cannot say enough how well done that section was done yes i'm gonna say done like a million times it's fine yeah i admit um haven't gone through any of those kind of losses me personally so maybe it didn't hit it as hard as it could have but i can tell also say it was phenomenally written like like very well done and it, it brought that that emotion out in people yeah Many people on the internet have been talking about it. Yeah, it was it was very good. So we got to see Banshee Savannah's. We got to see Banshee's side, uh, Banshee's side, Savannah's side of when she got her freedom back from the Lich King. Oh, which was really cool. There was there was one thing there we I go. wanted to bring up. There we go. There Do it. One thing I wanted to bring up, and this is, in my opinion, the only retcon slash. Christy put tails on a worgen moment. <laughs> right? That 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 I jumped tail. That jumped out <laughs> of me. Alright, this is this is the only one to me. Um there other community members have noticed others. This is the only one that jumped out of me. And that was when Nathanos basically was like, Yeah, you guys got a sun well. It was put there by uh you know, you know, the the original um yeah, yeah. Killed uh, Mr. Sunstrider, Danath Sunstrider, whatever frick his name. I don't freaking remember off the top of my head. Um, and Denarius? Uh, is that a thing? Whatever. Some like it started with a D. What is him? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, but what really got me is when it's like, oh, and you're descendant of the um, the Kaldori, the Night Elves, and I was like, this is in the Second War. No one knows about them yet. That was like a thing. And then I was like, man, who cares? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> yeah, because if, if, even if that was a retcon that those in the know knew about them, like Nathanos and, you know, like a ranger slash you know, fire strider, whatever, like like I was getting at, like when I was I was ranting about the Amani and that was like three generations of people. Of course, they know where they came from. The the high elves, it's in their memory. Like they would know that originally they were of the they were they were night elves. They were the Kaldori. Now they are the, not the Sindori, whatever the freaking the high elf version is. I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, but it was just funny to me that it's like, yeah, I, I guess some people might know that you guys were originally of night elves. But I don't know. Did, you, did that jump out at you as like, a, 
Hey there, dude. You're not supposed to know that. Uh, not to me personally, but you also have a better grip on some of the earlier lore stuff. Yeah. To be honest, it was one of those lore moments where I was like, honestly, it would make sense that someone might know. <laughs> yeah, you would, you would think. Yeah, especially someone like Nathanos, who was supposed to know as much as possible, especially in the area right. that he was working in. So that that was my only like a hmm, little bit of a retcon there. Not a not a big one. Not a big one. All it meant yeah. is that the those in the know knew, but the general populace still didn't. Right. So that's kind of how I took it. All right. So, did you want to keep moving on to some of the 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 uh, additional future parts of the book, like the Banshee-ish slash Beyond? Because, yeah, yeah. Because for me, I I could kind of jump over the Banshee part, like because it's, it's like yeah, bad stuff happened. She she was dead. She was controlled by Arthas. We all know this. Like, like not, there wasn't really a, a lot of new stuff. Other it was than, a pretty, it was a pretty short part of the book too. Yeah, it was just interesting to see it from her viewpoint. Really, is what it comes down to, at least for me. Mm-hmm. So, I think the 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 part for me that was interesting was all of the stuff going on. First of all, obviously the Edge of Night part, where you get the additional context of of what was going on the Edge of Night and the the lava worms and the, the internet was talking about those. <laughs> whatever <laughs> um, the part that that really uh, was really interesting to me was all of the parts that you didn't see in game right so for example in the edge of night and everything like that the jailer spoke to Sylvanas right here's your here's your big spoiler warning right the jailer spoke to Sylvanas and basically was like hey here's the deal life's not fair and Sylvanas said, duh. And then he said, spoiler alert, neither is the afterlife. And she's like, wait, what now? <laughs> so, so she got a big glimpse into how the afterlife works, specifically around the nine Valkyr. The nine Valkyr that you got in the Edge of Night were also in this. And they were giving her a tour of the Shadowlands, right? She got to see a whole lot more of the Shadowlands than we got to see between Bash and Meljaxxus and blah, 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 blah. Right? Uh, she did go to she did go to Revendreth though, fun point there, <laughs> right? Right. So uh, so in all of that, she's like, show me more, show me more, show me more, right? So she wanted to see more and more of the of the the afterlife, and just driving home the fact that it ain't fair. And then the jailer was like, okay, cool. You now accept that life isn't fair. Neither is the afterlife. It all kind of sucks from top to bottom. Would you like to be a part of my team. You don't have to answer now. Don't have to. Hey, don't have to answer now. Just so you know, I'm not going to make you say choose. I'm actually going to let you go back up into the world of the living. Kind of because you're undead. You know, you, you keep being you. Right. You don't even have to choose. All right. So here's what you're going to do. All right. I'm going to give you some predictions, some predictions. Anyway, yeah. Air quotes around predictions because like three or four of these he directly did. So. Right, right. So it was like, like um, I don't even remember what, what they were off the top of my head, but it was like uh, something, something, blah, blah, blah is going to happen. Some, And then another one was like, blah, 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 the freaking child of the blood or something is going to visit you, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then 
yeah, the other one was like, you have to step out of the shadows and lead. Uh, that's another one. Anyway, it was just, a bu- oh, and then the friggin' Sargeras is gonna stab your planet. He didn't say that, but basically Sargeras is gonna stab your planet. Basically, yeah. <laughs> basically, yeah. Uh, and then, I don't know, there's a couple other predictions in there. Anyway, all those predictions kind of boiled down to, um, I'm going to say things right now that sound cool and ominous, and I'm just going to do them. And then you're going to think that this was like me predicting stuff, but no, I'm just going to do them. They're just in my plan. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and you're going to be like, whoa, he totally got that right. He totally. He just, he just did them. <laughs> anyway. So, um, so anyway, that, that was the, the meeting with the jailer in the edge of night. Okay. No, neat. So she didn't decide yet. So she wasn't actually on team jailer yet, which makes sense because at the Cataclysm expansion. She wasn't like super on board, but she wasn't doing anything super crazy. She wasn't doing anything super crazy. But she was like, all right, she came back and she's like, you know, wading through the like the cool stuff. And she's like, shut up, Garrosh. You don't get to use my troops as cannon fodder. Blah, 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 blah. Right? We're going to take out these freaking Worgen the Forsaken Way. Wah, 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 wah. The Forsaken Way. Right? And then Garrosh is like, fine, whatever. <laughs> just as long as you get it done. <laughs> I don't care. Um, Anyway, that didn't work out too well because, you know, friggin', friggin' Liam, Liam Greyman, friggin' jerk. Got, 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 got in the way. Just got in the <laughs> way. Uh, she's like, oh, no, I killed Lyrith. There was a little bit of that. That's kind of, she was like, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Oopsie doodle. <laughs> Why'd you have to go and be heroic? Anyway, so that's where Gre- Greyman decided to hate her for all time. And then it moved into the stuff that we didn't, we get the, we get the backstory, the little explanation of what was happening. Um, and let me tell you, there was one that I was very disappointed in, and that was the bargain with Helia. Yeah. That one wasn't, that was like, oh, that was it? thought there was going to be more. I thought so, too. I was like, oh, damn. Dang it. It was like, here you go, Savannah. here's a soul cage, and, uh, sends Valkyr to the jailer's side. Oh, that's kind of boring. All right. You know? Yeah. It makes sense. Like, I'm not even going to, like, make fun of it. I was just hoping for more, you know? Hoping for more, but no, it's totally fine. Makes sense. Um, and then, um, oh god, I think there was another one. Oh, mm, yeah, there's another one there. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Well, I didn't take notes. I'm just rambling off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, we're we're both just rambling. It's fine. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it was it was the uh, the hell you one that I was like, oh man, thought there was gonna be more there. Oh, oh, that's what it was. It was when Moganis came to meet her. Melganus is like, I'm the child of blood. <laughs> She's like, you're the child of blood? I hate you. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hateable. It's fine. I've been up to shenanigans. It's got, a thing. I got a punchable face. It's cool. <laughs> he really does. He really does. He yeah, really so, does. Yeah. And yeah, it was when Melganus was like, hey, there's Sylvanas. Um, so here's the deal. Things are in motion, and I need you to do what you do best. And I felt like this was like a, one of those funny realizations for her. She's like, damn, I really am good at killing things, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it was, I, it, it really felt like that was one of those like moments for her where she was like, gee, is that really me? Am I just a killing machine? Is that what I do? And Malgana's is like, yeah. You yep. T- you murder things. You murder them real good. You're kind of like a hero in World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. Just kill things. Constantly. 
Right. Yeah. That I I, I liked that interaction between her and Malganis when uh, it's also the he's like this room's really small. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, that was really good. Where it's like, oh man, this is kind of cramped up in here. Can't even spread my wings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was that was good. Yeah. All right. So, what what else were were you thinking about the like post? I'm alive, Sylvanas. Like, what what other goodness or hard hitting moments were there for you? A couple things. We we kind of went past a little bit, which is fine. Um. It was interesting the whole thing with Petrus. Yeah. And of light and using it and then how he betrayed her and all that jazz. Like it was you know, we, we we've heard about it and it was whole, you know, bombshell that was dropped and that kind of thing. But like actually reading through it and then the trap he set for Savannah and everything, it was it was I thought it was just really interesting to read. Yeah. So I'm sure you could relate to this, but as someone you know, you and me. Uh, was a fan of the podcast Merely a Setback. I listened to it. I enjoyed it. It was, uh-huh. it was good to go. Uh, anyway, the the banter between Sharku, particularly about how that was the crappiest reveal, which, as we have found out, is true. Crappiest reveal. So, because uh, it wasn't true. That was what right. was the best part about it. Was apparently, Mr. Buttface himself, Mr. Alex, you get the idea. Afraziabi. Uh, yeah. He, in an interview around the 2018 time frame, I feel it was, because it would have been 20, mm. 2019, actually. 2019. Cause I think it was, it was 2019, because I was podcasting when that came out. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, so I think it was 2019. 2019, way because it was with the talking about, it was, one, it, was, it was one of the BlizzCon interviews in 2019, because they revealed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the Battle for Azeroth reveal. And he's like, I've been riding Sylvanas since like 2008. I know exactly what's happening. That was basically his reaction. And he was like, the the, the Wrathgate was totally her thing. She totally did the Wrathgate. And, you know, if that was the story, that would have been fine. But maybe put it in a book or put it in a game. Don't put it randomly in an interview. Sharku was right. That's all I'm saying. Sharku was right. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that that turned out to be non-canon makes it even more just beautiful. It felt good. It, did it was good. good. It also- I mean, you can get the people who are saying, you know, well, she said to go ahead and use it. Meh, meh, meh. Like, it's not quite right. <laughs> yeah. It, there were there were things in there where, yes, Sylvanas was involved with the creation of the Blight. Absolutely. She was like, oh, you can create me a weapon that can kill the living and the scourge. Cool. And the Lich King, which was the main target, was the Mm -hmm. Lich King. And that was all cool. But it was specifically the timing and the logistics and everything. And Veramothris was like, (laughs) no, I'm with Petrus now. Like all that. Like there really was a very much like, no, she wasn't lying when she was telling Thrall, like, yeah, um, they kind of pulled one over on me. Like, I kind of, I kind of put did. It, I kind of put them up to this. Like, I'm not going to lie. This was, it was kind of a me. Like, I was like, yeah, you guys, you, you do this. You you got this. But, but then they, 
then they were like, they took it a few extra steps. Yeah. I gave, <laughs> I gave him an inch and then went a mile. I gave, gave him a rope and then want to be a cowboy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. Um, that part was, it was, it was like a, it was almost like a real life catharsis moment where I was like, screw you, Alex. <laughs> it was good. And I have a feeling that for some on the Blizzard team, especially from the, the lore and the story and writing teams, it probably probably felt like that. I, I, I Yeah. I don't think that was a, yeah. a genuine like, yeah, screw you, Alex. Screw you. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just felt like that was worth bringing up. But other than that, I just thought it was, you know, once again, we got to see some of the events of BFA, but from, uh, not BFA, I'm sorry, before the storm, but from Sylvanas' perspective, you know, we got to see what it, what her thought process was when, you know, some of the Forsaken wanted to meet up with their loved ones in Stormwind. Yeah. Or, you know, from Stormwind. You know, what she thought when she saw Kalia on the field. You know, what she... Like some of her thought process behind what went down that day and all of that. So seeing that from again from her angle, I think was a good thing to put in the book. And then it makes a little more sense knowing what we know now of the jailer and what the jailer was asking her to do, which was kill. Yep. Kill lots. Yeah. It totally makes sense. Um Particularly like with the whole desolate council thing and the fact that she's like, like if you, if you bring up the, the, again, the Lothamar and Haldron interaction that she had, right. Where she was basically like almost warning them. Like it's not, it's not going to go the way you think it's not going to. Right. Before we joined the horde, we sent a couple of emissaries to Lordaeron or Stormwind. Actually, it would have been Stormwind. <laughs> Stormwind, uh, and they didn't even make it there. Nope. Yeah. So, uh, uh, I don't know why you're thinking that this is going to be any different for you. And and it was, and I think the one that really, like, was really sad seeing it from the Savannah's point of view, because it, God, it was even sad in the in the before the storm one was the the one that was. I don't remember her name, but it was the Forsaken that had the headscarves and the 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 flowers. Yeah, I was the, glad they brought her up. I was like, oh, her. I liked her a lot. Yeah, it was just like, <laughs> oh god, this again. Because <laughs> it was yeah so bad. It was rough. So yeah, bringing her up again was was good. I don't know. And then I actually probably think, besides my favorite bit being like talking about her early life i think my second favorite bit was all the interludes the interludes were really good and i think the reason why is because it's probably the reason why i had such high hopes for the the shadowlands storytelling overall was in 9.0 when we had the cutscene between basically one of these interludes of sylvanas and anduin having this you know debate clubs as i <laughs> like to call them <laughs> it just them having a chat and talking and, and just the two of them going over like her explanation as to why she decided to join on the jailer's side and and Anduin just basically kind of putting it back at her face of going like hey I get it you didn't have a great life even though at, at, you had moments of 
what you would consider a great life. I didn't have that. Right. Okay. Yeah. I I just loved those moments of Anduin basically being like, Larissa sounds great. Your dad sounds like almost even cooler in a way. Like they're just fantastic people. Like I could totally want to meet them. I have a drink with them. They sound fantastic. Um, have you met my father? He's dead now. It's really sad. Varian? Yeah, you met him at least a couple times. Did you meet him before he decided to go like kind of cool it and uh, have a little seance with some Morgan? Wasn't a nice guy. Like, no. Like if you thought he was a pretty hot head of a king, imagine trying to live up to that as a, as a son. All right. Oh, and you thought, oh, your mom is so great. Yeah, she sounds great too. No, no shade on you. No. Mm-mm. Have you met my mom? No, you haven't because she's dead. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so she's dead. Uh, and she was killed by the people she was trying to protect. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and so, uh, and all of that. And it's like, yeah, I had a real, a real tough upbringing. And my dad was real mean. Oh, and then he disappeared when I was 10. Oh, and then I suddenly, I'm king now. Really? Like, that, that makes a lot of sense. Oh, okay. I got a little bit of a break, a little bit of a break between Wrath of the Lich King until Legion. All fun. And now I'm king again. Neat. Um, so tell me again. Can, can you rewind the clock again? Tell me again how life isn't fair. Tell me, right? You want to? Okay, you want to tell me life isn't fair? Uh, cram me a freaking river, Sylvanas. I don't care. Uh, uh, I don't care. So obviously, Anduin wasn't buying any of that crap because <laughs> he's like, boo, freaking yeah. who? <laughs> like I really like that he did. He truly seemed interested to hear what she was saying in terms of of her life and her story, and he was invested. And that was great. But yeah, having that moment where, you know, he was that blunt and honest with her about it was fantastic. Yeah, it's like, are you able to look past your own blinders? Can can you not see that you're not the only one that's suffering? Can you not see? And she's like, yeah, but with the Jalen, we're going to fix it all. And it's like, and then uh, you can spend eternity with your loved ones. Uh, Yeah. He's just telling you what you want to hear. That's what abusers do. They just tell You're you just what you want to hear. You're just a tool, Sylvanas. You're a tool. I don't know if you've been watching the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard uh, like trial, but that's what abusers uh-huh. do. <laughs> they tell you what you want to hear. <laughs> they're, they're abusers and they're manipulative. So uh, look around you, like he said in the cutscene. This isn't the... The decor of a nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. And and I just, the funny thing is, is you can see it from both of their sides is why I enjoyed this novel so much. You can absolutely see from Anduin's point of view of like, you're an idiot, Savannah. And she's like, like, yeah, but let me tell you why. And he's like, yeah, I, okay. I I call you an idiot out of love. Okay. I see where (laughs) you're coming from. You had a great life. And it was all ripped away from you. You're supposed to be an elf. You're supposed to get like thousands of years with these people. And you got like, what, maybe a hundred? Maybe a hundred? Like not even. Okay. Whatever. Like like 40 years with them. It sucks. Okay. It, it was all ripped away from you by the horde. Oh, no. The horde ripped the whole bunch of people that you loved away from you. Let's go talk to the original inhabitants of Stormwind. Okay. Mm. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, Savannah. I'm so sorry that you had such a hard life. I'm so sorry. Life sucks. Uh, and then you're sad that this uh, uncaring entity of the Arbiter tries to send you to something that might work for you in your favor. Mm. 
Yeah, I'm not buying it because uh, you keep telling me that you're going to fix it, but you're not telling me how. Right? Well, then I don't know if she expected him to understand why Teldrassil happened. But no, that was he, he was like, that's that was your choice. Like you, you did that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't care that it was the name of, you know, all, you know, whatever the jailer's plan is. But you did that. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, it's all part of the jailer's plan. We got to do the thing so that we can make everything better and make, remake reality and make it better for everyone. And just it's going to be great. And, and Andy was just like, can you just like shut up for a moment and just stop and think? Cause you're 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 not convincing me. <laughs> you're just not. And and I think that's that's where um, I am looking forward to whatever is coming next for Anduin. Because as we're going to probably start wrapping up this conversation, um, yeah, I should <laughs> absolutely loved um, just Anduin, just Anduin overall in this book. He didn't have a lot, and like I said, it was mostly just the interlude. Um, but it was good. Oh, it was so good. Because it was powerful. It was, yeah. Because Andrew would basically just, he just call, kept calling her out in her bullshit. Was, yeah. Because I loved it. It was great. Because that's the thing. The entire story, if you want to talk about like an unreliable narrator, blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff, I would actually call this as a reliable narrator from her point of view. Like this is everything that is coming from her memory. I don't think she's lying. Because she even said, no more lies, no more games. I'm going to I'm gonna lay it all out for you. This is it. And this is the truth. Like, this is her memory. This is everything that's happened to her. I think it is all true. The thing is with Anduin, though, he's just saying, sure, it's all true. You're still wrong. <laughs> right. You're still wrong. Yeah. Like, um, and I, I, I think, yeah, Libby, Libby agrees. Libby agrees that uh, she's. Of course wrong. she does. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, when he was basically calling her out on all her crap is what really just made me happy. Because it makes you realize that, yeah, this this kid's like 20. He's, he's, like, he's like 20. But, and because, you know, you're like, oh, how's this supposed to... There, there are some people, even in real life, that they just seem to get it, right? There's some people you're just like, you just, you just, I, I, you pick up on this. They just seem to, to just pick up on all those little things like like i like i would probably call them like the empaths like you ever met someone who totally absolutely totally an empath yep. like they yep. could just like they they read the room they see what's going on they're the most negative person in the room and they're just like they just know right and that's that's anduin like i would i would call anduin an empath he he just he looks at it he's he totally he, he agrees it says yes you had hard life but you were minimizing all the other lives that are hard around you Right. Especially, especially. Let, let's take it back for just a minute. You remember that little tiny little rant I went on the, the trolls? And then she had this like, oh, uppity little moment of going like, oh, oh, but but Zuljin, the leader of the Yamani, he got to go to Ravagdreth. I got sent to the Ma. But uh, like he's so bad and I'm like so good. Um, Like, c- can you see his story from his point of view just for a moment? The amount of lives that you, the amount of troll lives that your people have killed, right? You're acting like these are nothing. Like they're savages. Like, like oh, these are guys, these are just trolls. They're terrible. And that someone like Anduin can look at that as going like, your people are acting horribly. You're not treating them with any kind of respect. You stole their land thousands of years ago and they're pissed. Rightfully so. And you're getting all uppity because he went to Revendreth and you got sent to the mall. 
right? And, and Anduin probably looked at that and was like, uh-huh, yeah, you created the blight. You're the one who basically said, putricide, do it. Uh, and then you killed Liam because, you know, he got in the way. And then you were like, oh, well, that's how things work. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that's why I like the interlude so much, because as much as Sylvanas was like saying like, oh, I'm hey, oh, I'm so like, I have so many good reasons to be upset. And it was like, yeah, you got a lot of good reasons to be upset. But so does everyone else, including people that have a right to be upset with you. So, yeah. That's my take on the book, and that's why I freaking loved it. It was good. It was, again, just another glimpse of Anduin becoming, you know, more of of an individual and using what has happened in his life to make him strong, a stronger leader than I think I ever thought he was going to be, at least. And I rather like the person he's growing into. It's great. Yeah. Anduin's fantastic. We may not see him for a while now, but, you know... Great. Speaking of which. <laughs> Transition. <laughs> yeah. So the end of the book is basically <laughs> what we talked about last time. <laughs> uh-huh. So it made sense uh-huh. why they were they kind of lined up those release dates. <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. I had a feeling that this release date, because this book got pushed back, I had a feeling it was because of 9.2 release and how the story went. Yep. Absolutely. So, and there was like a very, at the very first, when I first read it, I was like, oh, isn't it Thanos? Isn't it Thanos finally back? Is he joining her? That's why he's, she's so happy. And then I realized, oh, wait, no, the clinking of armor. And the book earlier specifically mentioned clink, Anduin's clinking armor. Mm. It's Anduin. Mm. I was like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Poor Anduin's got a lot of crap sorted out in his brain between everything that's happened in his life. And shadow tendrils that come out of his sleeve. And now the whole domination thing. He's been through a lot. Yeah. And I and I can see him like why he wants to join Sylvanas. Yeah. On this quest. So when you watch the cinematics from that we kind of discussed uh, last episode, there's a moment where it's basically you know, Pelagos is like, speak now forever. Hold your peace. And Anduin's like, he really wanted to like just like knowing the epilogue and then seeing that part. I was like, oh, oh man, that just that little detail right there. Yeah, was he good. was just like it's really good. And Sylvanas is, is, is uh, you know not Sylvanas, but Jane is like giving her like the I freaking hate you look, right? And Anduin's like, mm, I kind of want to say something, but he doesn't. And it really there it, it drives home the fact, that especially you got to stay a while and listen with uh, again Gray Man. Uh, being like, you know, and when you're ready, please come home. Right? That kind of thing. Because he's like, I'm, I'm not going home yet. All right. So we pretty much know that Andy went, went to the mall. And yeah, honestly, I think the main reason he did that is because Anduin understood that sentencing Sylvanas to send every single last soul that was sent to the mall is effectively the, the same punishment of bring me every last grain of sand on earth. It's it's practically an impossible task. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Anduin knowing that, all right, well, Sylvanas is really good with a bow. What's she going to do with souls? Right. <laughs> right. He probably kind of looked at that and was like, 
you know, his probably like Liam Neeson kind of way. He's like, I have a certain set of skills with the light. (laughs) I think I can help you out here. So I genuinely think it was his way of going like, well, I feel the punishment is fair in terms of the what we're trying to do of repair the harm that you did. It doesn't mean that you have to do it yourself. Right. As long as the harm is repaired, it's all I care about. Right. So I think that is where Anduin is coming from, is that he wants to make sure that whatever harm that she did when she was, you know, under the, I'm not going to say the influence, under the persuasion, the whatever, you know, feeling like the jailer's plans were correct. um, And that they were in a partnership. Yeah. That he's going to go ahead and and help her out with that. Yeah. Uh, I just like that. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I got this whole light thing. Even down here, the light listens to me. I can help out. So, I don't know. I'll do like some Healy Healy stuff and then, so, you know, it's a thing. So, it's a thing. (laughs) Well, I can see it like from, you know, his connection with the light, probably his own desire to help those souls who were unjustly trapped in the maw. And, you know, also in part to you know, sort out his own life and his own headspace. And I think him and Sylvanas truly have a connection now. Because now that he knows all these things about Sylvanas, now that he knows how much he reminds her of Lyrith, it I can see that Anduin probably has a bit of a, of a soft spot for Sylvanas now, despite everything she did. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do this. Because it's worth it. So, um, here we go. This is what I wanted to bring up. And don't worry, I didn't pull Sylvanas off the, off the shelf. I, I grabbed Before the Storm. Before the Storm. Yep, yep. And so we got the epilogue where Sylvanas is having to go through the wall. We get the clanky of the armor. It's basically like, yeah, it's Anduin helping her out. So what's interesting about that is that with all the things that happened and everything that happened, we're basically... Okay, she was team jailer and things like that. I think he finally realized that, yeah, she had a point. There was a thing behind her. But at the same time, she finally realized the the issues, right? So she had, you know, the whole soul fragment, all that kind of stuff. What's interesting about that is the end of Before the Storm and the end of the Sylvanas novel. Because the end right here, <laughs> it was just... Here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the last two sentences. This is the last two sentences before the storm. So here's your spoiler warning if you don't want to hear it. <laughs> it says, When the boy spoke, Gan was glad of the words, but saddened by his need to say them. I believe, said Anduin Lane Wren, that Sylvanas Windrunner is well and truly lost. So there you go. That was the end of the before the storm. And the fact that Anduin, the person who uttered those words, that Sylvanas Windrunner is well and truly lost, jumped into the maw, to help her it's just an interesting yeah kind of it, it almost feels like before the storm and Sylvanas are like the two novels that kind of go together especially if you remember when I was talking about how if you don't know what all of those like things happened were yeah before the storm kind of tells you right where things were yes that's true um yeah it's just interesting how before the storm ended and then how Sylvanas the novel ended because canonically that's it was it wasn't that long apart it was before the storm happened 
Sylvanas did her little makarab. <laughs> and then uh, Sylvanas sent the uh, the Forsworn to capture Anduin. They had a debate club. The Phalanx and Nod finally defeated Anduin uh, and rescued him. <laughs> <laughs> finally. Uh. And then, uh, and then after the jailer was defeated, there was a trial. Turanda said, "Go to the mall, bring back all the souls." And Anduin was like, "Okay, sure, I can accept that." And he just happened to go with her. So it's a bit of a bit of a different ending, is all I can say. It's, it's he, it is, but I think. Oh God! I was just gonna say it was one extreme, and then the other. It was. But I think it also lends itself to bringing, giving Anduin a bit of a break on the bench. He's been, you know, at the forefront for a bit, along with Sylvanas, even more so with Sylvanas, obviously. It gives him a little break in the story. But it lends itself to him coming back, maybe looking a little older because time is different in Shadowlands, as they told us a million times over, right? And we know in a certain comic, and when still alive and looking a little bit older. So he might come back sooner rather than later, but still looking a little older because of his time in the Maw. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, and this this almost feels like this is going to be Anduin's version of A Thousand Years of War. Right. Yeah. Probably not going yeah, to be I a think thousand so. years. because well, No, but it's going to be quite a hefty time, at least in Anduin's life. Yeah, because... Or something. Anduin, while he has a connection to the light, he doesn't have a prime Naru to light forge him to allow him to right. live for a thousand years plus. He's still a human after all. So, <laughs> so yeah, well, Sylvanas will be fine because he's undead and you get yeah, the, it's, it's, yeah, it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, yeah. yeah, he's still got those limitations of, you know, being alive. <laughs> Those, li- those pesky limitations. Ah, the damn pesky limitations of being a 20 something year old human. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so thoughts. Thoughts overall before I think we, we wrap this up. Because this is, this is so good. So good. I read it and then I went through it again through Audible, which, if you've not actually heard it, Hattie Matson does a fantastic job. She does a decent job trying to be the jailer in Arthas. <laughs> in Lyrith, it's, it's actually kind of funny, okay. to be honest. No, you can't talk <laughs> crap on her Lyrith voice. Her Lyrith voice it's is amazing. Bad. It's not bad. It's, it's, not, it's not, not bad. bad. It's not bad. Her Lyrith voice is amazing. <laughs> hey, there's What's going on? It's the best. I love Your it. Your imitation of it is horrible. <laughs> I love you, but it's horrible. (laughs) (laughs) But I bring this up to say, if you really listen to it, I feel like Patty Matson really tries to change her Sylvanas tone slightly, depending on what part of Sylvanas' life she's in. Like if it's in the earlier version of the book, when, you know, before everything happens and Sylvanas is still just a regular old windrunner, you know, she's got kind of one little like tone, right? And it's a little bit different after she loses her family and everything, and then hits the banshee, banshee stage, and then becomes a little more different when she goes into undeath and everything else and whatnot. And I think Patty Matson just is phenomenal. Yeah. And, and there really is no one else who could read this book. 
Okay. Because it's Patty Matson. Okay. So Patty Matson. All right. So if you're like, hey, Jun, I already have the hardcover and I read it and it was really good. But should I pick up the audio, audio, audible version? Yes. The answer yes. is, well, if you got a free yes. credit, you don't know what to do. Sure. Um, but if you just want to know the difference, like, like Allie was talking about, if you're like, okay, well, Patty Matson does a really good job between this version of her life and this version of her life and this version of her life. Just go watch the the, the cinematic, the little cut scene, um, the where it's Sylvanas is having the argument with herself, because that's Patty Matson, and that is a totally different yeah. voice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, right. So when Sylvanas is calling Sylvanas a butcher and a murderer, right? Still Patty Matson. That's the that's the different in in um, in voice that you get. True. Uh, she does a fantastic. But I, I have to say, she does. She does. And I have to say, at a couple points in the book, but especially one particular point, when she actually says, not not sings it this time. I was kind of hoping they were going to insert that in, but they didn't. But when she actually says the words to Lament of the Highborn, whole, like I got goosebumps. Yes. Because just the timing of it in the book and just went like, just her doing it in Savannah's voice at mm, goosebumps. Yeah, so the, good. The lament of the highborn scene when the adventurer returns the locket to Sylvanas. I was, was so glad they put that in the book. Probably <laughs> one of the best like tie-ins to the game that they did. Like, okay, the Wrathgate, that blah, 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 that was good. But the adventurer returning the locket was just so good because it had this it had a little bit of an additional detail at an MMO I just can't really pull off where it's like when you go and you turn in the quest, you just go into the throne room, you turn it in. And it's just, you know, it's just a little snarky and all this kind of stuff. In the way it's portrayed in the book is someone someone approaches her and says, there's someone to see you. Right. She's not in the throne room at the time. And it's like, you know, basically someone is saying like, yeah, there's some dude here. He says he's got something for you. Maybe she go like, let's see what's going on. And. She's like, oh, okay, I don't freaking have time for this, but whatever. Um, just she was just like annoyed just at the fact that she's got someone waiting for her. She's like, ah, yeah. fine. Uh, she gets there, and it's some rando. It's you and me, right? Especially if you're horned. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, what? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, just this, just disdain for this person. Where, and then you know, he hands it over, and Sylvanas is just like, you thought this would be mean something to me. Get the hell out of here. But at the same time, it really did. Like it, it did. It absolutely it really did. meant something to her. And, you know, because she tried to play it off as cool. It's like, oh, it's a little trinket. Oh, my sister gave it to me. And, uh, and Lirith and Verisa and the fact that I blamed you for my brother's death and, and everything. And oh my God. <laughs> it's, yeah, I love that the emotions just suddenly came rushing back to her and then yeah, and then the, the fact that the banshee chorus like joined in, and she's like, "Would you guys shut up?" <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what she wanted to say, but because she probably like started singing it, kind of like under her breath, and then like the banshee started backing her up, and she's like, "I don't want to." You guys I didn't make, ask for a chorus. You, you're gonna make me cry. I don't. I don't want to cry right now. Like I don't even have working tear ducts right now, and you're gonna somehow make it work <laughs> <laughs> like that. And hey, we do need to touch on it. And the f- just the fact that she blamed Verisa for her blo- brother's death too was just another additional part. That that was rough. Yeah, just, yeah, it was rough. But at the same time, it, yeah, you just 
you, I don't know. So without really getting into it, because we're already getting a little long in this episode, but what is your opinion? Yeah. Who do you think was correct? Farisa or Sylvanas? I think I might be team Farisa on this one, because I feel like while I understand that Sylvanas wanted to, you know, protect him and keep him innocent and then, you know, let him be the musician and whatnot in the world they lived in, especially being forest riders and, you know, potential threats and blah, blah, blah. Like it wouldn't have hurt to actually train him how to at least defend himself. Yeah. I don't think Frieza was right in sneaking around and doing it. And yeah, I, I mean, I think they made the point that, you know, because Lyrith was dressed in the leathers of, you know, an armor, uh, um, you know, ranger or whatever, or at least, you know, a bower and not as a civilian. That's why he died. He would have died either way. Yeah. There were plenty of other civilians dead. It had nothing to do with what he was wearing. Yeah. Uh, I think it was, I, I kind of came down to, because Sylvanas even realized this herself uh, at one point yeah. in the book, especially when it was, you know, she was given the order, kill the innocents first. And she realized that um, Varisa may have even inadvertently you know, spared her the uh, pain of knowing that she had personally killed her brother because it could have happened. True. Um, yeah. So do I think that Sylvanas was correct? No. Do I think Varisa was right? No. So one of the, one of the, the, the key things that we've all, we, we've, we've, we said a lot of this in the podcast, especially when we make fun of the story is communication is key. Everybody. <laughs> Concept. <laughs> so it would have helped. Maybe if you guys just weren't sneaking around, saying a bunch of like not talking, you know, kind of like the Primus wasn't talking. Uh, just had these like clandestine plans of like, I'm going to leave a message with this, uh, this uh, thing over here in the old and this thing. And, uh, and, and I'm not going to tell any of my friends. <laughs> and Varisa's like, oh, oh, hey. Uh, hey, hey there, Lyrith. Uh, you you want to learn how to be an archer? <laughs> Don't tell You're your making Frieza sound super creepy right now. <laughs> like a total creep, weirdo, keep her away from your children kind of person right now. Educated. That was the tone that just happened. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, well, you know, it was like, hey, you want to see a sundial? <laughs> Another Hercules reference. <laughs> this voice, I can't, I can't with this voice. <laughs> Well, I can do the Lyrith voice again. You want some candy? It's in my van. <laughs> my windowless white van. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to, I guess to wrap it up in the, in the voice of Lyrith, is gosh, Sabonis. Like, like, why'd you have to do that? <laughs> you, you so embarrassed me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, all right. Yeah. So, uh, my final thoughts where I, I hand it off to you is, yeah, I really, really enjoyed this book. Fantastic book, um, especially tying it into the stuff from Before the Storm and, and some of the game and, and just like the cutscene that I so, so desperately loved um, about like, we've never had free will. Sylvanas is right. Uh, we never have free, free will, especially in this universe where it's, it's a thing. And then maybe Pelagos, maybe Pelagos will kind of like help it out maybe a little bit. We'll, we'll see what happens there, but... Um, yeah, they're probably never going to actually explore that in the story again, but it was a fun story to, to get into. But there you go. That's my, that's my thoughts. Fantastic. It was. And I loved 
that tied in so many things. I mean, you mentioned before the storm, you know, we've got Edge of Night. We've got three sisters. Like it just tied in so many little things and so many story pieces or, you know, Arthas, like, you know, brought in things that, you know, was her, her viewpoint. It just woven together so well yeah. and help explain some things that we've been waiting for an explanation for for quite a while. So it was it was really good. Yeah, it even really tied good. in Dark Mirror, the one that I haven't actually read, but I know what happened, which was you got to meet Stefan, <laughs> which is the thing. I haven't read Dark Mirror, and I don't know if I've even heard of it, so I need to read this now. So, Because we do know. meet Stefan briefly. Yeah. So Dark Mirror is the story of Nathanos falling to pieces, and they don't know what to do, and then the decision was is to kill Stefan and take over his body, and that becomes Nathanos. So the reason why Nathanos is sexy now Sexy, sexy Nathanos. It's Stefan's body, yeah. It's Stefan's body, not Nathanos. And then I knew I knew that aspect of it, but I didn't know all the details that happened. And like it's Stefan's brought up briefly and it's kind of hinted yeah. when it happens in the book, but it's not it doesn't go into detail, so I'm gonna have to read that. Yeah. It it's also like you could get in a little bit to it about Nathanos suffers a, a, a tiny bit. This is a a little bit of this, which is uh, you know, kind of like a, a body dysmorphia type of thing, because Nathanos has always been viewed as ugly, just this horrible looking dude. And then he has a new body and he has to. That's that's the reason why the, the short story is is dark mirror. Right. Because when he looks at himself as a mirror, he doesn't recognize himself anymore. So it's actually a good, a good it book. Was it was written by Stevie D. You can find it on the Warcraft website. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. You can download the PDF and read it for yourself. Yeah. It is a uh, it is actually I very... intend to do that very soon, actually. I haven't read the whole thing. I just know a lot of the details. Uh, so. It's not too long either. It's it's not too bad at all. So it should be a pretty quick read. Yeah. It was the that was their explanation of Nathanos going from the the hunter trainer that was falling apart forsaken to sexy, sexy Nathanos. <laughs> There you go. That's how they explained it. I need to close this so I don't start reading it now. <laughs> Anyways, we should probably wrap things up. It's getting a little a little long now. I suppose so. Oh, oh, look at that. I guess it's my turn. <laughs> you have to thank some patrons. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, yeah, like we said, we have wrapped up our conversation about a little bit of Dragonflight and a whole lot of Savannah's novel. Mm-hmm. So it's a part of the show for a quick thank you to all the patrons that support us and keep the show going. So Libby, I'm getting to it. Okay. I have to say thank you to the lore patrons. Okay. Just, we don't have any new patrons. Just take it, take it easy, Libby. All right. So anyway, like I said, Libby is being very impatient, but she would like you to know that if you would like to keep this going so she can have more kibble, what you have to do is you go to patreon.com. So let's live left lore. If you would like to give Libby more kibble, that's what you do. <laughs> now I'm using my cat to shell for us. <laughs> <laughs> Libby doesn't mind, right, Libby? Right? I don't know. She doesn't look like she minds. She's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, our top patrons, obviously, or, well, not obviously, but our top patrons, a huge thank you, a huge thank you to every single one of you, is John M. Ickes, Sarith, Nadun, Kamari, Pasamat, Mud, Chris Malore, Dungeon Master Burke, and your chorus. So thank you. Thank you, every single one of you. 
because you're just awesome. And I appreciate you all. You really are. Thank you so much to all the patrons and to the top patrons. And yeah. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> and that's and yeah. yeah. And yeah. That's what we, that's what we say. <laughs> anyway, I suppose it is now time to jump into this. Stories. There's nothing in the world more powerful than a good story. Ah, oh, that's so true. So true. So just really quick, no sound clip or anything, just really quick. There are a wide variety of gamers out there, as we all know, and a wide variety of game types. One of the great things about gamers is that when a cause comes along, they reach into those pockets and use their money for good, as will some of the companies that make the games. In two weeks, Fortnite actually raised a total of 144 million for Ukraine relief efforts. 36 million of that was done on the first day alone. That's a lot of monies. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot. And they are going to be going to several aid groups, such as Direct Relief, United Nations High Commissioner of, for Refugees, the United Nations Children's Fund, and the World Food Program. So good on Epic and Microsoft for that. It's awesome. Riot raised $5.4 million. There was a bundle of indie games through itch.io, which raised $6 million. And Humble Bundle actually had a bundle of a crap ton of Steam games, which, which I actually took advantage of, and uh, some other great stuff, and raised $20 million. So it was really great to see all these people coming together to help in such an important cause. And it was just really, I don't know. It was nice to see this kind of thing. That is awesome. Like, I, I didn't even know about this. So good job, Fortnite and, and everyone else. But $144 million for Ukraine relief efforts. That's fantastic. It's one of those things that I, I, I will just say. I, I forget how old a gamer I am, I guess, sometimes. Because I've never once touched Fortnite. <laughs> I haven't either. And I, I feel like I'm too old to touch it. <laughs> It's okay. So when I saw this number from Fortnite, I was like, dang, all right, yeah. way to go, people. Good on you, go. Fortnite, and all of you who play it. That's fantastic. But um, still never played a single match in Fortnite. I know you build things or something. I don't know. And there's candy canes and lollipops that you smack See, people. See, I didn't know there was candy canes. On, I know there's crazy dances. I don't know anything about candy canes and lollipops. I, it's just it's just wacky weapons and things like that. It's, I don't Someone's probably going to write it and be like, there's no candy canes, Jen. It's only a little holiday special. It's not, <laughs> not normally there. Normally. Okay. All right. All right. It's entirely possible. Either way, good on you people. And it's just nice to see people stepping up for such a good cause. So I there agree. we go. That's fantastic. Like, yeah. That's just good to see. I love it when people do amazing things like that with their, their stuff and the things and words that escape me. And yeah. <laughs> hey, let's play natural and get out of here. People okay. are not listening to us. Yeah, they're like, why are we still listening to this show? <laughs> like, like, will you guys shut up? <laughs> just, I, let me move on to my next podcast. Like, I'm done with this one. Gosh, gosh, just forever. It's true. Thank you so much for listening <laughs> to Live, Laugh, Floor. If you have a topic or a question you'd like us to discuss, send us an email at lizlafflorecast at gmail.com. 
If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash livelaughlore, and you can keep the show going for as little as a dollar an episode. You can watch Ali live on Twitch Sunday nights over at twitch.tv slash and you can watch Jin Monday nights at twitch.tv slash joint. You can also follow the show on Twitter at live underscore laugh underscore lore. You can follow Jin on Twitter at joint, and you can follow Ali at Ali Anders K. Meanwhile, be kind and take care. <laughs>